West West Show. Coming up, we have Ron Amosa in the building. Welcome to episode 223 of the Back of the 135 podcast, brought to you by the mighty West West Podcast Network, brought to you by westwestnet.com. Go check out our website and our write-ups we have on there on sports, business, and pop culture from a Polynesian perspective, and written by our regular contributors and podcast hosts. Also, Follow the West West Network on all our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Also, subscribe to the West West Network YouTube channel for our video content. And if you'd like to help us out, there's a donate button on our website for a price of a, a pint of beer or a cup of coffee a month. You can help us expand our network and maintain our content. Thank you. My guest on the podcast today is a cloud architect. He's a hacker and technical engineer. He works for Amazon as well as heading up his Pacifica tech education charity. He also is doing great things for himself and his family, but also giving back to his community by way of educating and introducing our Pacifica kids to the world of tech and IT. This was another banger, folks. We talked about the lack of Pacifica representation in the tech industry and also Ron's motivation to change all that. We talked about AI, Bitcoin, NFTs. We talked about the future of tech. I asked him about ChatGPT and how it works and the moral dilemmas that go with its usefulness, especially for our Pacifica. We also talked about working life now into the future. Him working in the corporate world and, you know, our people trying to find ways in there and how to navigate their space. He talks about the racism he experienced back in the day in the corporate world. And he also talked about his passion for hacking. It's a long one, but that's what happens when you're having fun. Time flies. You're going to love this. Like I did. So please give a warm welcome to those Ron Amosa. Stream out, I always see the ads to come on. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, the ads of it come up. Yeah, they're pushing. So it's probably, I don't know if it's the algorithm because I'm always looking at podcast stuff. Yeah, it always yeah, comes yeah. up as an ad and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, oh, will be. it's the ad where the guy, the he's an African American guy. Yeah, yeah, he comes up and he goes, Oh, we'll start the stream now. And all those other squares, other people. Yeah, go, yeah. Whoa, how come your TV is so HD? <laughs> 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 oh, I don't use StreamYard and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, nah, <laughs> that'll be it. That'll be it. That's because you're the uh, you're the target demographic for that, right? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, you're most likely to um, part with your money for <laughs> for their product. So, yeah, no, they're definitely targeted, man. So, how can I tune into your stream? How can I? How, how do? How oh, it's just the it? it's um it's on YouTube. I oh okay, I've got a link tree. Um, but yeah, if you go on YouTube, uh, sorry YouTube, and, and look for Technesians because it's called the Technesian live stream. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of we've, we're just kind of starting starting out there in the live stream, and we do it every fortnight. It's funny because I was just replying a message to a, a mate of mine that was like, "Hey, no stream tonight," and I was like, oh, "It's every fortnight," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to catch you live." Yeah. But um, yeah, <clears throat> but we're thinking of like doing other kind of. So then we started doing the shorts. We've got um, Instagram and, and TikTok. Just trying to figure out that game to mm. kind of figure out like oh, okay you know what's the best way to, to promote this to kind of find our audience or get it to the to the people that we wanted to get it in front of mm. and then all of those have a link back to the uh to the live that it was that it was part of so yeah still still new and also trying to do it uh, on the side of a full-time job eh? and mm. i know you oh, know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's pretty cool the journey trying to use social media to to market yourself or mm. market whatever business or whatever thing you're trying to push to the world and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. just around that because if you think about it Instagram, Facebook maybe TikTok if you're into TikTok mm. probably not much the only things eh yeah. that anyone can just get in and do and just because the whole world is almost on it yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are like the main things like if if you don't have access to Instagram or Facebook then what are you going to do eh? what are you going to do yeah <laughs> I mean those are the biggest platforms eh? Mm. but it's like what's kind of funny is when you see like I didn't know anything about Riverside and I didn't know anything about StreamYard I just thought that um, everybody did either like OBS Studio I wasn't sure about, like the quality of StreamYard but then when I see like a, a company as big as like Amazon and all of their like uh, promo and marketing teams they do their shows on StreamYard mm. and I thought oh, okay well that, I mean like they wouldn't take second rate um, quality okay. so I thought okay well then but I'd never heard of these things and it's almost like I um, can't remember it was like which influencer or which like a uh, business guru I remember hearing this from I think it might have been Seth Godin and he's saying like you don't need 100% of the market like if you think about it the market's big enough that if you even got like 2% of the market man you'd pay your bills and then some. Mm. So like the whole thing of like, oh no nah, man, like, you know, if I don't have 250,000 followers or whatever, it's like, what what does that like equate to, you know, to, to, to earning, you know? So as long as you get the, the earning that matches whatever the, the followers are, then mm. isn't that the goal? You know, like the, they call it vanity metrics, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I got 500. Yeah, but does, does that translate to money? Does that translate to influence? Mm. Well, obviously influence because then you put that number in front of advertisers and say, hey, I can get your product in front of, you know, 500,000 eyeballs. Then you got a case. But yeah, but they, they call it a vanity metric for, for a reason. Because it's funny, like when you see like views, and I've I've started seeing it, and I'm not sure how recently it was, um, it's been coming up, but um, a lot of like content creators saying, they have a bit in their video where they'll show the stats of viewers versus subscribers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they'll be like, hey, there's still like 87% uh, of you that are unsubscribed, so just sit there. And I was like, oh, yeah, because what does it mean if you're, if you've got lots of views, but you've got no, so which vanity metric is the one to follow? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Even the, because um, on Instagram you scroll, right? Mm. So it doesn't count when it scrolls past. 
in the last split of a second, you know, I when people scroll, scroll, and then your your one might scroll past, and yeah. that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it'd be that counts as a view. <laughs> yeah, or even just like um, pausing, or like you know, any mm. kind of slowing down, like you know, or mm. like you know, how much of the because what is it on YouTube? It's like I think it's ten minutes. I think ten minutes is like the like the viewing time that counts as a it, it counts for something, right? So. That's why it's funny when you start seeing a particular um, gimmick or a trick from a content creator to have you either get that 10-minute mark or mm. I think the latest one I've seen is um, Instagram where they'll say, um, hey, do you want all this stuff? Uh, read the, you know, I've got all of the, the info in the, in the caption. And obviously, like, watching something versus reading something, it takes you longer to read. So their thing is, like, it it means that they they get your view because you've had to go down and read their list and obviously the list is long. Yeah, so that's <laughs> what they so now instead of like putting the actual content in the video, mm. they'll just have a, you know, some some good looking cutscenes and then they'll direct you to to read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that's been kind of called out a little bit. I've seen that called out a little bit on on IG because it's not what is that organic engagement or is that just tricking someone to like hang out and you go, "Oh, you know, if, if if you don't find it valuable, mm. like there's a difference between hanging out and finding something valuable, right? Spending time with value versus just, uh, you know, this is my reading speed. My reading speed's slow. That's the only reason I'm here, mm. you know? I know TikTok has a thing where they know how long people are on a, a certain post. Mm. And then because of that, they'll keep on showing that post. Yeah. Like they'll know, say I'll put a post up and it, the average watch time is over a minute. Yeah. So TikTok will know, oh, it will show more of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To get more of the engagement sort yeah. of thing. So they actually do that. Oh, man. And like, I don't know if um, IG does that or Facebook, but. What's funny is like, um, I remember, I can't remember exactly how it works, but in uh, web development, I remember, I used to be a web developer like ages, ages ago in, in the beginning of my, my tech career. And I remember talking to some other developers who used this thing called Hotjar. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, what's that? It's like, oh, it's a heat map for your, and I'm not sure how they know, but basically I think it's like a, a either a JavaScript or some kind of plugin that, that works in, the, in, in your website. But it tells you where on the page that they're either looking or spend the most time. Where on the page? Where oh, on the page. On the website? Yeah, oh, on yeah. the website. And I was like, is it like looking through your, you know, is it, is it looking at your eyes through, the, and I think it's, I think some of them are like that where they, they see where your eyes are. To know where, because <clears throat> if you think about, like, okay, 99% okay, of people always look down in this corner, then... How do they know? I'm, I want to say that if it's not the mouse, it has to be something with, uh, with the eyes, right? So if your mouse is moving around somewhere, or your eyes, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's something to do with, like, tracking where your eyes are going. Because oh, wow. then, it, then it knows where the... And, and this is old tech. Like, this isn't, like, this is... So I'm not sure where it's at now. But this was like years ago when like this is what web developers would do so that they understand what's the most like uh, I guess on the user interface what's I guess the most popular part of the page, and so that's where they'll you know I'm I'm speculating here that's where I put my most like most expensive ad is there, and the reason why or like oh this is actually where we put our most prominent news or something like that you know mm. wow yeah now there's. There's a whole bunch of stuff, especially with the. I guess you would have been um, across like the social dilemma and all of those. Um, all the documentary. And the, yeah, all yeah. that stuff that kind of came out, and it's not actually. If we work in tech, it's not surprising that they would engineer mm. a whole bunch of stuff into our apps and our things. Um, I think you had uh, 
you know, Tony Laulu on. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool. That was yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a cool pod. Um, Do you deal with that guy much? Because he's nah, in that, he's, that he's, digital discipline space. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely nah, man. I got nothing but respect for that guy. Just taking that particular, um, I guess, niche, and just kind of running with it, and mm. and and definitely on a. This is actually a much needed. Um, I guess discourse and and in, in education and information that needs to be out there, and just kind of like just backing it and just running running that straight because I was like, oh, I guess in the tech space it kind of goes against what we're what engineers are trying to do, which is mm. more time on screen, right? You know, time on on device, and so seeing him have to because I don't think he's got a tech background, but having to get into that, a lot of that stuff makes kind of sense, especially mm. when you see like a lot of the scientists that they actually bring into tech. Right, they have like people's PhDs on all sorts of psychology or just like researching like human behavior and that. And then you're like, well, it's a tech company. What do you need? Like they're just trying to sell like undies and stuff. And like, well, they need the psychology of you know. And then they, and so I think, man, you're building all of that stuff into this is why it needs to be this shade of blue. This is why it needs to be like two pixels this way instead of two pixels mm -hmm. that way. You know, because mm -hmm. then you get the engagement. And the thing is, the test bed for this kind of stuff is massive. Because if you think about it, if you need to really know something um, at a high level of confidence, you need, what, five million tests? Where else can you just, like, test five million people like that? And then you go, nah, this is almost 100% sure if I put this button here. Because I've literally made all these monkeys, you know, like all these people, which are just like the test monkeys, go, like, basically prove my, prove my hypothesis. Yeah. And then, so that's how they develop... That's how they develop these these apps, with all of that. If you look at the global scale of testers, mm. and then they just build it into the app. So how great is that app? So the next person that comes and picks up the app, how much power do you think that they have against tested, proven psych psychology kind of researched? Um, I guess not even just the algorithm, just even like mm. just the the UI, you know, just the the user experience and the user interface. So see that process talks to AI, like AI, AI works. Like if I know what I hear, what I hear and mm. read, like AI learns from humans. Yeah, and then they can just learn themselves after that. You know, yeah. they go on their, they you put them in a direction and they go in their own path. Mm. When um when I was thinking about 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 Tony and what he's doing, he doesn't come from a tech background, yeah, mm. but he's sort of like the guy outside the box. Looking in, yeah, and yeah. how about this idea? Yeah, yeah. you guys didn't think of it because you guys are so into your computers <laughs> and blah 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 numbers and all that. I don't know nothing about, yeah, but yeah. I do know life. Yeah, and yeah here's yeah. something you probably missed out, and and it's like, oh shit, true. <laughs> that's the and that's the application that's kind of like um, that's kind of new for a lot of folks in, in tech is just the human, you know, because we're all like barreling like at speed light towards all becoming machines, and then like the human aspect of it is the thing that like throws everybody off and like oh that's actually you know that's a pretty radical idea and people are like well it's like a humanist aspect they call it because they have these um different philosophies in tech um around being a techno optimist or a techno pessimist techno optimists are people that believe technology is our savior technology is the thing that's going to advance and cure and make everything um democratic and equal and free and all that so they would say the faster we, you know, just bet on tech, and then that's going to save us. And the pessimists are like, no, no, um, it's going to kill us. You know, AI is going to turn into like you know the AI overlord, and it's, we're going to be it's like you know Matrix kind of. We're just going to be at the batteries for the for the for these uh, for these robots. Which and one so, are you? 
Man, well, they say this. There's a, a humanist is the. I think this is the. It's funny, eh? It's a. Are you an optimist, a pessimist, or a realist? You know, right. you, you know, you've heard that one, eh? So I think uh, this is just the. 2023 version of, of that and, and and the middle ground is the humanist right mm. and I'm, I'm a humanist because even though I'm like a big tech geek and I love tech I'm, I never lose sight of the fact that it's here for us and not the other way around mm. you know it doesn't ex- like if humans didn't exist the tech doesn't build itself right there's been a few um, reason I like uh, Lex Friedman's podcast is because he has like a lot of computer scientists and stuff on there like real smart people and I just like again you know like like yourself learn a lot from just listening to the conversation. Mm. Not not a lecture where they're just saying one-sided thing, but having a back and forth where, you know, they get objected and, um, uh, you know, and push back on and stuff like that. And so what's funny is like, um, I think it was George Hotz on the George Hotz, even though I've got certain opinions about George Hotz. He's a- Who is he? Uh, he's basically a, a hacker from back in the day and a, and a developer. But mainly known for jailbreaking iPhones back in the day. Oh, okay. Super smart guy, super <laughs> smart guy. Um, but he's the one that uh, when Elon was like, uh, oh, we need to like rewrite all of Twitter, which if you understand like um, code bases, especially for something as old and as, as massive as um, Twitter, that's not an easy thing to do. You've had like, I don't know, hundreds of top level engineers work on this. So for someone to say, oh, yeah, yeah, let me, uh, I'll come and do it myself single-handedly. And I was just like, the hubris of this guy to just be like, because I was like, look, I know you're smart, but Twitter was full of smart, smart, like super smart people, all working in teams year in, year out to make Twitter what it was, right? And so he comes in, and then obviously he kind of just like starts tweeting a bunch of stuff like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, dude, you, you don't understand. You don't actually understand the code base. You don't understand how this thing was like designed and built. And then he fizzed out without making any impact, which was like, eh, this is, I don't know, it's, I was going to get into my, like, um, you know how, like, um, it's usually Balangi um, engineers that can do something as absolutely audacious as that, and no one, and everyone just, like, lets it, lets it happen, and oh, they, they all forget about it. And, That's because we don't understand half the time. Oh. And, um, and when things like that happen, like, I say the internet, for instance, mm. right? Can you remember the first time you ever used the internet and what for and what were you excited about? Because when I remember back in the days when I first touched the internet, all it was was, I think it was a chat, chat group. Yeah, yeah. And then it was Napster. Yeah. And I was downloading music. Yeah. And I was so excited. I did not fathom what it would be, and internet would be today and how powerful it is around, you know? Yeah. And I think because we're not, I'm not going to know what's happening in the technology world. Yeah. We get drips and drabs, and the next minute we're bombarded. It's just boom, it's yeah. here. And then, fuck, what happened? Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, all these dot coms and all that. Yeah. Hey, where did this come from? Like, yeah, yeah. like we just hit with it. Yeah. And I think that's the way we absorb new tech these yeah. days, especially not normal people like me, like yeah. <laughs> average Joe, the average Joe, the average worker. But, um, you know, we we get bombarded with it. Yeah. And next minute, oh, we can do this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I think even we have to catch up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it goes over our head and then. Then we we'll get left behind a little bit. Then yeah, we have to catch yeah. up, and then by the time we catch up, a new yeah. thing comes out, and oh, oh man, so we stay behind. But you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, <clears throat> like when you know you're talking about tech, the yeah. new stuff coming out. Yeah. Like for you, I think you you are sort of like ahead of everyone, knowing what's what's new and what's changing. 
and you, get, you try to get ahead of things all the time. It's still a lot for even people who are in this full time. Exactly. Yeah. So you can imagine me. It's really interesting and I guess a little bit timely because I wrote, oh, sorry, I owe you a, a blog post about halfway through it, but I had to deliver my um, my newsletter this week, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a rant. And it was a rant. At, so I'm on LinkedIn a lot, right? Because it's the, I guess, the professional front for, I guess, my particular brand which is like tech and you know Pacifica but you know Pacifica and tech and I saw this um Maori dude uh, comment on basically commented on this new AI service that came out and that he like spun up a he spun up an app in about 34 seconds to get and he used the words deep insights on Maori and Pacifica and I was like if you understand how these models are trained and how um, large language models actually work and the accuracy and <clears throat> and the integrity of a lot of this, for you to almost like um, hype the the deep insights of Maori and Pacifica, um, I guess knowledge is for me. I'm like this is a disservice because we're we're skipping over. So I guess bit of context: AI models are, are trained with, and you need lots and lots of data, right? And so once you've got, and obviously the internet has lots and lots of data, but it has lots and lots of specific data that everybody's used to, right? If you look in the bell curve, who's mostly on the internet, who's mostly, like, you know, papers and all those kinds of things. It's it's a certain, certain groups have most of their stuff on, and, and it's all available, right? Because they got onto the internet and that's where they do most of their stuff. Who, who doesn't? It'll be us. And so... I've been reading these research papers of people trying to train... Uh, large language models on uh, indigenous data. And the, some of the biggest challenges is just finding it. Where are you going to find uh, all of our kuspa uh, ears and, and, and our besties, are they all scanned into the internet for these large language models, these data sets? So if they're not trained, like if these language, large language models aren't trained on enough data, then obviously the accuracy is not going to be great. Like I coded up a ChatGPT bot for our Discord um, just to just to mess around with it, <clears throat> and I gave it a, you know, about prompt engineering. Basically, just like you know, giving. So with a large language model, think of it as like it it is all of the um, knowledge, right? And and I guess not intellect, but all of the knowledge that it's been trained with. And so the way you kind of slice and dice it is if you give it a, a prompt in a way to tell it how you want it to dive into all of the knowledge that it has and bring you all these, um, I guess, all these outputs in a certain way. Some of that's how GPT works. This is how uh, the OpenAI language, like, so there's a bunch of different models behind that, and ChatGPT is like the front end of the OpenAI, um, like, access to these large language models, right? And so all these large language models work with a prompt, um, and they call it prompt engineering because you can go, so you can do something like this with a large language model. You are a 1976 um, nature researcher that has lived in a hut for, you know, 50 years and has experienced blah, 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 and you've learned this from um, the elders and you've fished in this stream and blah, 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 right? And now you've got this, this story and this persona, and that's what they call it, the persona. I want you to advise me as an elder from that generation on the best fishing spots and the way I should look and um, see the world through the perspective of this indigenous um, uh, tribe or blah, blah. Then 
it will go and basically put together everything it knows to give you the most accurate version of the thing that you've asked it to be. So this is why people go, oh, I want you to be a counsellor. I want you to be a sports psychologist. But you give it all these different kind of prompts. And I mean, only against all of the prompts, but all these different kinds of prompts to give you the best kind of output from basically all of the world's knowledge inside of that large language model. Okay, so <clears throat> the because well, the way I was thinking is that how GPT works, it just goes into the, all the internet everywhere and grabs all the information and spits it out for you in the essay. But is it like it's not a whole internet thing? It's groups of general, what's it called? General models? General. Yeah, well, they're, they're called models, right? Or foundation models. Yeah. Or all these different uh, large language models. That's so, what they oh, large language yeah. models. So there's heaps of them all yeah, yeah. put together by people that in the know. Yeah, whatever the, whatever and they're all like, is. yeah, they're all trained in a different way, and they have like, I guess, different specialties, right? Oh, okay, and, yeah. ch- and, and, and the, a program like ChatGPT, if you're given a prompt, mm. that's access to each of these models around the world, like whatever the prompt is. No, so, so the prompt is as a keyword. No, the prompt is almost like a so you can pick a model, mm. and then you give the model a prompt, and then the prompt will be used for the model to um, then go and like get all that information and and shape it in the way that you want it so that's kind of what the the prompt is almost like the, the instruction set so you pick a model and it's good for text or it's good for um, natural language processing or it's good for uh, I think if it's multimodal where it's like does like images and sound and stuff like that then you give it a, a prompt that it's basically optimizes for different um, different outputs. So like your DALI versus um, like Midjourney, they'll be like you know using different uh, large language models behind it, right? And so, and so if you understand how and and a lot of it's pretty complicated. And I don't you know I don't profess to know all of it, um, but if you, especially if you're in tech, you know, if you're in tech, even as like especially as a an indigenous person, you know the hype and then you know where it kind of applies to how it's different for different different groups of people only because it's statistically if you look at the data ah, okay then um, it's not going to be great for the thing that I'm looking for because it can't be it hasn't been trained enough so therefore I, my expectation should be it's kind of dubious to use this and then say this is a deep insight or this is actually profound in any kind of way mm. and you get that when so I, I coded this bot and I, I gave it a prompt to say that uh, you only answer me in Samoan yeah, yeah, yeah and so you're a fun you're like I think it's, you're my fun cousin in Samoa and you always tease me about speaking too much English so you only ever answer in Samoan right and it was good for a few a few conversations, mm. and then you could start seeing where the limits of its understanding of the way it would. I think it was like, oh, it looks like you know when someone translates someone uh, translates something straight from English into Samoan, and it's not. It's just not how we would say something. Yeah, so we started seeing a lot of that, and you're just like, oh, right, okay, yeah. Right. If you're Samoan and you heard that, you'd be like, we don't say it like that, you know. Yeah. But the but the English translation might be might be on. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's where the human comes into it, and it's like, oh, that's. But if you didn't know, there's where people are just like checking a whole bunch of stuff in Google Translate and then sending it off to to, to places, mm. and it ends up being like the official document for something, right? And it's mm. all gibberish. So yeah, so that kind of pissed me off. That this kind of <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah, I gotta yeah, and this is good. This is why it's it's good that you mentioned that because I think it's for people like me, and, and we're always in the, that tech world and. 
we have high expectations of people to understand a lot of very sophisticated things, right? And it becomes the norm. So we don't often um, hang out with like normal, you know, I'm going to say normal people, like hang out with people who aren't, like who are non-technical folk to get a, um, just get a more realistic perspective. So I got pissed off at this, this, this dude and then I wrote a whole freaking newsletter about, mm. just basically about all of, like all the times I've seen us getting taken um, advantage of or exploited because of the new tech, you know? So mm. AI, like AI is the, the latest one, but you know, crypto, uh, NFTs, right. those kinds of things, right? And obviously like everything has its dangers and everybody should do their due diligence, but I think NFTs are probably the, the worst one because all of us in tech were like, this is this is bullshit. Like, what is this? Like, this is just a, it was like, for me, it was like Neopets for adults. Mm. It's a game. It's just like a game. And so for, so when I started seeing um, these <clears throat> artists, these Maldi artists on on Instagram, talking about um, breaking the cycles of generational wealth. Breaking the cycles of generational wealth. Yeah. And, what would you break it? Oh, like, uh, oh, sorry. Like, I think they were meaning like, you know, like, I guess like poverty. And oh, so right. this oh. was, for, this was for their generational wealth. You know, they were going to change. They were kind of oh, break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was like, ah, I felt for them because I was like, man, I don't like, unless like most pyramid schemes, unless you get in early and then get out, that's the only way I've ever made, because you know, I'm not, you know, not to be a, you know, I use it. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, don't use any of this stuff, but know what you're using it for. Mm. So I got into Bitcoin when that came out and I played that game and got in early, got out, you know? All right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's one of those. I'm not a trader. I just know that buy low, sell high. Mm. And then even though I watched, I watched it go, I think two or three times higher than where I got out. I was like, well, that's what I put in. And I just, I took my money out to basically get my money back at a certain point and then just left the profit in to, to ride. And I still made money on that. But obviously it's was like, oh, but you could have made more, uh, but I could have lost it all as well, yeah. you know? And so if you're doing that, then fine, go and, and play with some disposable cash. But when, when people are talking like that and putting real money into, mm. and then they put real money into something like NFTs, <laughs> I was like, come on, man, you know? Just... When I first heard about Bitcoin, <clears throat> like, the story I got, the first story I got out of it was, it's got to do with how how much humans value it. Mm. That's why it goes up. Like, if you believe, you see, if, if people wake up tomorrow morning mm. and no one cares about, about diamonds, mm. then diamonds are worth nothing. 100%. 100%. That's and how that, money works right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's the story I got for for Bitcoin, mm. you know. And so, so I didn't really believe it, but I thought I was late to the party and that I would have bought the winners one dollar, <laughs> you know. But but like I said, I'm just a normal guy, and yeah. the tech people are way ahead of where we're going. Lots of tech people got duped, man. Like even oh, lots yeah. of tech people got uh, got duped in that. With the NFT NFT stuff, it's mm. a similar thing because the story I got when I first heard about it is uh, it's a digital trading card. Mm. Now I know America is hard out about trading cards. Yeah. I mean, America, American sports, oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are hard out. I mean, a ball. I think it was um, what's his name? Um, uh, Tom Brady. Mm. He threw a pass, touchdown pass, and it was like the, it was a milestone pass. Mm. And 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 the guy who caught the ball, he celebrated and gave the ball to one of the fans. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the management, and they go, no, 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 it's worth, it's worth thousands because that's a milestone. Oh. Well, forget what the number was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they actually had to go asked for the ball back 
Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. They, he got the ball back and all the crowd's going, oh, you shouldn't have gave it back. You should ask for a million dollars yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Anyway, if Tom Brady felt sorry for him, he gave yeah. him one Bitcoin. Oh, okay. And at that time, it cost 60 grand. Yeah. And then I heard there was a drop later on. It went down to 30 grand, so yeah. half. Yeah. So I don't know where it is now, but... But that, but but like I said, like see, that's America. Like they're into this sort of thing. They yeah. they they, they value things like people in New Zealand don't. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, they're a trading card country. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a million dollar industry over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we're yeah. talking about trading cards. Yeah, yeah, Baseball cards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, when we get into the NFT space, like mm. we don't have that kind of culture. You know? Yeah, you know, we don't have that. We don't value these things. Yeah, like, collectibles really. and yeah. tradables. Yeah, like, not yeah. like the Americans. No, 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 no. So of course they're gonna have big stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they can make money on yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But in saying that, like the recent story I got with with, with the Bitcoin stuff mm. was that, and the, and the, and this and this when I I figured out for myself, mm. it's a pyramid scheme. There's all these pyramid schemes <laughs> going on because I was approached by someone talking about. This yeah. thing, yeah, it's Bitcoin. Yeah, oh, it's um, it's point dot point zero 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 zero. Why don't you buy in point zero 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 whatever yeah. one Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, and you just watch your money go up, blah blah. And but there was a point in the conversation yeah. when I was for, hey man, I've had these conversations <laughs> before. I was like, hey, like, uh, <laughs> like Herbalife or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same M-way, kind of yeah. M-way, same kind of sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh nah, nah, nah yeah. I, I think I know it's. Uh, <laughs> You've been here before. I've been here before, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a new <laughs> form, eh? Hey, yeah. Nah, man. Nah, well, that's it. And especially if you're looking at the whole. Here's the thing, though. What's what's kind of what's funny, like, because I got into tech because of hacking, right? And mm. There's a hacker's manifesto out there, and and the, the gist of it is we believe in um, information should be free to everybody because information is power, and 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 there should be it's almost like a like the the, the anarchist kind of mindset of like um, if you're not an authority like a you got to be a proven authority. And what I mean by that is like we shouldn't just like give away authority to people. We should all like share knowledge, and it shouldn't be like oh I'm gonna sell my knowledge to you. It should be like, and that's why I've always like loved that the hacker culture because they will go and you know, break into a like a database or something like that, and then just give it out. And obviously, there's criminal gangs around that. That's a that's a different <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, for me, and I'll be, you know, this might be just my um, uh, romanticizing a little bit, but like the, the true hackers, uh, like they're freedom fighters. You know, they're f- like freeing your mind and free information, and everyone should be able to learn anything that they they want to learn and know anything that they want to know, kind of thing. Mm. And so. With digital currencies, obviously, you're going to get like a lot of the ideological stuff around things like blockchain and NFTs and things. Oh, we're going to cut out the uh, financial institutions and stuff like that because you know the banks are corrupt and they, you know, they they fund oppression and war and all that's true. Hmm. And so they would sell a lot of. So I kind of believed in the whole. Oh yeah, man. Like I like the whole Bitcoin thing. I used it when. It's just making back in the day, so you needed to be like untraceable, right? And so I remember, I remember this like I, I spent two months trying to, okay, if I was to go totally off the grid where I don't use my bank accounts, but I have services and I have basically an encrypted throwaway laptop and use um, and buy Bitcoin. So I had to buy Bitcoin by, um, it was like a local, uh, called local Bitcoins market, right? And so on there, you would buy something. And then they would send you uh, a bank account for you to go. And so I'd go to South Auckland and um, try to like basically um, not get caught by cameras. It was obviously like, you know, and go to a bank and make a cash deposit 
and they'll say like don't do like don't write anything um, identifying on the receipt and then I'd use a burner phone with a, a like a two degree sim that I just like a like yeah. a, a, a prepay one and then I would like take a photo of it and send it to the person and then they would release the Bitcoin into an account that I had into my wallet and then I'd use that wallet to buy services online that accepted Bitcoin. So that's how you bought it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so I do like this whole thing to kind of realize how hard it is to, to use things that's not part of our normal um, day-to-day right. life. And I was like, man, if, if I was like running, if I was like a political fugitive, I was running away from like the NSA or the CIA, <laughs> far out, you know. Yeah. You'd have to do something like what Edward Snowden did and make a deal and, mm. and get uh, whatever diplomatic immunity and, and, and live basically exiled somewhere because... It's hard to not get picked up by anything, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you can see how and why the banks didn't like it. And you can see, you know, why you had to go through to yeah, get yeah, the yeah. transaction done, you know? It was like cook and data type stuff. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But it just goes to show, like, the the norm doesn't need to be the norm. Mm. Is that the hacker mentality? Like, is, is the hacker mentality? Because I can appreciate what you're saying about hackers, because especially the ones that, you know, you appreciate mm. that you know um, want things to be free. Mm. Don't want the system to be in control. Yeah, that they probably don't need to be in control, but they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. Now why there's a set of rules for you? Yeah, yeah. We don't. We're not allowed to run the same yeah, rules. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know what? We're gonna just hack you because yeah, yeah. that's it. Because yeah. we're not playing by your rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah we play exactly. by different rules. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, that's that's and so the the whole digital currency thing when that came around, that was kind of part of that whole ethos of like uh, mm. we should be free you shouldn't be able to track me I should be able to do stuff and the funny thing is like obviously there's a naivety to that to understand that like while we want to kind of be free and, 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 and do what we want to do we're not hurting anybody that kind of thing that we all live still live in a society together so there's going to be um, there's going to be edges and borders to that kind of ideology that you have to either come to terms with or stay completely you know, you have like the survivalists, is, you know, they're, they're kind of a similar kind of breed. You know, survivalists, they're the ones that like live off the grid up in the mountains. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't want to say they're all rednecks, but like they're kind of like in a, you know, they're very, you know, very like a live yeah. off the land, all that kind of stuff, which I'm like, um, you know, I, I, I admire those kinds of people because they can like make a car out of anything and just like, you know, live in the, like live in the mountains, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And they've got the discipline to kind of do that and the ideology to do it. So, would, yes. you, would you say that's a techie mentality as well? Like to try, because you can live mm. off the grid. Like try, like because yeah. you can. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you have more knowledge than anyone else about how to live off the grid. Yeah, and knowing that, oh, I don't want anyone to control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, see what I see. I don't want to use TikTok. Yeah, I don't. Wanna, you know, I don't want to use these certain things that everyone else uses. Off the it's grid hard. Sort of it's hard though. But it gets harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And the funny thing is, because I don't say like it's. I want to say like demoralizing, right? So you can be quite optimistic about, oh man, I've got a complete burner laptop with a burner phone and I've got all this like, you know, Bitcoin um, acquired services. It's it's hard to do, but you only need to like fuck up once and then you're yeah. logged somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. And so if you see how, I guess, integrated all of our systems are, it's hard to actually... But the funny thing is like, I, I say this, but I also know that there's... Um, there's ways around it, you mm. know, but they're they're very limited when you understand the the scale of, um, you know, when you look at like um, law enforcement, 
uh, especially over in the in the states or when you get to the nation state level you know, they talk about these like nation state like that's the level of 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 threat or um i guess prosecution that's coming after you and so have you heard of the guy named uh, malware tech I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like uh, <laughs> the WannaCry virus that um, that went around ransomwareing like all of this. So basically, he was famous for there's a WannaCry virus. I'm not sure how many years ago now, um, but it was fairly recent, like four or five years ago. Went around and started uh, basically ransomwareing. You know, ransomware. That's when um, a virus gets on your computer and then it encrypts the whole thing, mm. and then it shows you a red screen that says we've encrypted your hard drive you're not going to get any other stuff back unless you pay this bitcoin into this wallet and but they they did over um hospitals mm. and so if you think about a hospital trying to run cancer patients and uh, incubators for, for babies and all that kind of stuff which is <clears throat> it's a pretty low thing to do to, to attack those kinds of um those kinds of places um so this guy he's like a, a hacker over in uh oh yeah, they call him a researcher so he's like a, <laughs> he was a, a malware researcher over in the UK, and so he found a way to essentially stop it by understanding what the virus was doing, or the malware was doing. He went and basically sinkholed a, a, a DNS entry because it was a there was a callback function from the thing, and once he kind of like went, oh, if I stop this, and then when he went stopped it, the whole, everything stopped. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> or I think it like went into a loop, so it never like um. It, they were able to get the, the systems back. I can't mm. remember the exact details. But, um, and then he went on to, um, oh, so it's funny. Then he went to this big hacker conference in Las Vegas, DEFCON, which is like a, basically, it's been around for for years. It's a pretty iconic kind of. Uh, Have you been to No, but I want to I yeah. go. It's in <laughs> Vegas and like, it's, it's it's pretty cool. All the weirdos. Like we have a few hacker conferences here in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those are, those are really cool to go to. Um, but it's funny, he's like, he went over there. And then he got doxxed over in the UK because he didn't want to be found. Then obviously, because everyone was like, "Oh, you know, you know like the the media and stuff like that." And then once they found him, they then he kind of became famous. He didn't want to become famous. He went to DefCon with his mates to go to the thing. Yeah. Then the FBI arrested him at the airport when he was leaving. Oh. Yeah, and then they were like, "Hey," because I'm not sure he was in his twenties. They're like, "Do you remember this virus? Yeah, <laughs> that you wrote when you were 12? And you sold it on the on the dark web. He was twelve. Yeah, oh, I think he was like he might have been twelve or like he was young. He was young. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like he was young now when he got arrested. Oh, <clears> so sure. they were like when you were a kid, <clears throat> you wrote this this virus. But lots of smart kids out there writing this kind of stuff, or just trying it out. And like you know, the internet's full of information, right? So you can everyone can make your own pipe bomb if you want, basically, you know. And so. Yeah, so I, I kind of like follow him and, and listen to a, a bunch of the stuff that he says because he went through like that whole federal um, level of investigation, right, and prosecution. And so to get his take on, his understanding of the, I guess, the global hacking scene, mm-hmm. he's like, the NSA, all these like, um, all these intelligence agencies, they know all the all the hackers. The only difference between the ones that don't get caught are the ones that are in jurisdictions that the US can't reach. But otherwise, they know they know all these like all these different um, uh, nation state uh, hackers are. Mm. So when I think about that, I always like, oh, so there's no one, and and like I've seen him, people go, oh, but if you do this, you know, he's like, they know everybody, mm. they know everybody. And the other thing they do is they they get a few dweeb hackers who are in the 
in with the with the group and they they flipped them so there's been a few cases where a bunch of like oh like a prominent hacker got flipped then he went and basically ratted everybody out oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no no honor among steve's kind of style so but this malware guy did they flip him too to, to work for the fbi so they can find other hackers no the, the, he... like the catch me if you can scenario oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's funny because and i only heard about a lot of it and like when i was kind of coming up in, in tech this is like you know early 2000s and i always heard about the um hackers who get caught get given jobs you know, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But then later on, I would hear it was like hackers who got caught were told to do this, or they would get prosecuted. All right. Yeah, so yeah. it's almost like um, they're forced to pick between. Okay, cool, get prosecuted, go to jail, or now you're gonna have to work on this stuff. And so obviously they turn, turn state's evidence. Right. You know, you hear that a lot in those movies. But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a pretty awesome kind of uh, scene to be in, but. Yeah, that's why I was like, when I was thinking about doing all of that kind of like uh, off the grid stuff, I was like, man, this is not practical. You need to be disciplined to right. to do this day in and day out, like like mentally, like somewhere. And I was like, nah, man. But then I also got given this like, um, I remember encrypting everything, right? So I'm like, everything's encrypted, and my and my mate was going, and this is when I was like, you know, I still had a fairly uh, intermediate kind of understanding of, um, I guess the, I guess the, the hacker mentality and so he was going oh so why are you encrypting everything and i was like well you know they can't like read my shit and blah blah he goes okay cool he goes the problem with that is if i'm if i've got like this big screen and i see all these streams of data and i can read all of them and then i see an encrypted one encrypted one encrypted one who do you think law enforcement's going to go after yeah. yeah, they're gonna pick out all the, the encrypted ones first to be like, oh, what are you, why you know what have you got to hide that whole mm. that that whole bullshit, and so they <clears throat> they talk a lot about like hiding in plain sight, so just doing normal stuff. So if I just like talk to you in code, then I don't have to talk to you in gibberish, you know, mm. and, you know, like mouse could mean something, bottle could mean something else, and then we just have a normal conversation, and so they call that you know. But if I was like. <laughs> And then it'd be like, uh, let's mm. see what they got, you know what yeah. I mean? But they're not going to bug us if I keep saying bottle like 50 times, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just like when you're, you're growing weed at your house and they look at the foot and the power bill. Like, <laughs> I, 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 this house is like, hi, power bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You stand out, right? You stand out. Oh, man. Yeah. But so. coming back to the um, the Pacifica thing and the data, yeah. like, do, how much, yeah, you, you, talk, you sort of touched on it about, you know, once you get the salmon language in there, mm. it gets off when you go down the certain yeah, yeah. further down the path, it goes yeah. off, eh? But what, what, what has been done to get more data in there so AI can pick it up? Because that was one of the things, the concerns with, um, I've read mm. um, about, yeah, about, about AI mm. and what knowledge they have, like what knowledge do they have on us, mm. you know? And if we're not in the, by the internet, then they're not going to know about us. Yeah. Then we'll be left behind. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. You know, and that's exactly that's a concern. Hundred percent, and that's a that's a risk that anyone and anyone who's not your normal, you know, male white kind of demographic <clears throat> has to think about. So obviously, like females, but also like lots of uh, I want to say ethnic minorities. I'm not sure if that's still the up to date term, but a lot of like you know, obviously a lot of Basfika, um have to have some input into how these things are trained and how they're 
they're built. Otherwise, you're going to get a bunch of yeah. The funny thing is, like it's it's nothing new, and it's, and it's something that you've seen overseas happen for ages now. I read this. Um, she I think she was at MIT. She's at MIT. She's got a PhD. This um, she's a researcher. And I think she was working at Google. Um, uh, black lady, right over in, over in America. Um, and she wrote a paper on how uh, image recognition uh, software doesn't pick up, obviously, doesn't pick up black skin or. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, back then it, oh, it, oh, it, yeah. it didn't. And and I remember reading this thing about Kodak back in the day about like the how you know it wouldn't. Um, you take a photo, and obviously, like white skin comes out, pristine, but any other thing than that would either either not come out or like would come out all kind of funny. And I think the the thing I read about that was because here's one thing: like you know, there's there's malicious, there's like screw those non-white people, and then there's just ignorance, which is like, oh, we never thought about different skin colors, and so they were just like tested on a whole bunch of like, oh, cool, cool, like me, my friends, my community. And then you go, man, this is like 99% accurate. Like, okay, cool. Right. And then they put it out into, you know, get it onto the market. And it's like, oh, hey, it didn't pick up this uh, Mexican guy. Oh, shit. And then it's like, oh, I don't have any Mexican friends. So I couldn't find anyone to test. Like, I'm, I'm super <laughs> simplifying it. But it's kind of like that from the from the ignorance, you know. Mm. Or they're like, oh, I think mostly my, my kind of people are going to be into it. So it's okay. It's not a, you're not being malicious. but But the danger is if you don't have someone there to go, Hey, did you see about the, the brown people? Oh, nah. It's like the, when I think about BMI. Did they think about like uh, people outside of, you know, BMI is like horrible for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all morbidly obese. We're all like next to death, right? And we're like, no, nah, he plays rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a weightlifter. He's like at the Olympics. So yeah. He's like, he's telling me that they're on their deathbed. Like, That's a good example. Well, that, it's, mm. the, it's the same kind of thing. Why, why didn't you think about like the, you know, I guess a more distributed kind of... Uh, um, base of people, you know, and so it's the same thing for tech. But the the, the crazy thing about tech and is because it's you know the example I gave before about like yeah, where can you like test fifty thousand people, fifty million people in a in a second with tech with large scale internet accessible mm. supercomputer yeah. pumping stuff out to your mobile phone kind yeah. of thing, right? And they don't even know. It. And they don't <laughs> even know, it, right? And so if you've got something on that scale and just churning out like a, you know quite fast then you're going to like basically you're going to get harm at that scale because if it's just like if we don't have internet and stuff like that and i we're just messing around here if my app just happens to like you know point the car my auto driving car in the wrong direction and like run over some guy's kid kind of thing because they didn't pick up the skin color at the, in the night then that's the damage just here but if that car is everywhere in the world do you know what i mean and that's kind of what you know they always use this term in tech about at scale because when we talk about a scale we're talking about the global the whole global market and so when you think about it, like oh it's just a so when you have these people over in like silicon valley and they're just around their table with their kind of folks but the thing is like if if your if your outcomes just affected you that'd be okay but your decisions actually go into products that go all around the world that touch everything right so that's just that's the generic that's literally the generic um, argument or risk or, or threat about not being at the table. Let's talk about being at the table so that you can like join the conversation and and tell the the decision makers, oh, sh-, you know, and then and then they can be like, oh shit, yeah, okay, good, good thing you pointed that out. We weren't even thinking of that. Cool, now it's included. 
and the, it's just oh, so Silicon Valley knows this problem. Oh, they've known it for ages. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wonder what the um, but they struggle to try and execute the getting the data. It's no. See, one thing um, I always think about, especially when you're in these massively resourced, massively powerful companies, is just like, what do you think they, what, what, what's a task you think they can't do? And so the only difference between them completing a task and, and not completing a task is their will to, to do it. Because mm. they've got all the resources, they've got all the time, you know, they've got all the manpower, everything. Um, so you think, okay, so why wouldn't you do this? the same thing same reason why like a, a lot of stuff kind of either ideologically they don't believe it it's not important oh it's, it's, it's not really you know it's, it's not really missing all of these you know or uh, it's not profitable so if profits doesn't come into the equation and you'll see this with a you'll see this in, you know, when you work in, in in corporate and there's always a DEI diversity equity and inclusion um, departments or like a group or team and and you wonder why it's um uh under-resourced you know underfunded and because like it's kind of good for brand but the actual practical investment that's required for to make a change different story now i oh it's gonna cost us money i thought we'd just like take a photo and <laughs> put it on the website and do a lunch every now and then it's like no 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 you've got to like help more of us uh, with our interviews and our cvs and maybe some training ah oh, but is that going to cut into your work time? Yeah, or can you do it after work? And now a lot of us are putting in extra hours to to do the work that makes the company look good because they're like, oh, look at this. Yeah, and which is just common. Like this this whole thing where we're not at the table is, is super common. Now, AIs are like a little bit different. It's almost like we've graduated that now into, and this is why the, the, this guy's LinkedIn post pissed me off a little bit as well, is because... <clears throat> We're making out that AI can do um, stuff that it can't do, and what that what I mean by that is, when people say, "Oh, it, it understands," it's going to become sentient, all this kind of stuff. And obviously, there's like you know different arguments, but when like the the chief AI scientist at Meta is saying that mm, AI doesn't really understand anything, it's been trained on lots and lots and lots and lots of parameters, lots of inputs, and so it's it's we call it a bullshitting machine. You know, it's a bullshit generator. It's got the best guesses about the words that should go next to each other based on the input that you give me, like oh, make me a um, make me a subsui recipe. It because it knows all of these kind of things, it will guess all like the the sequence of words that go together to give you the best recipe. And yeah, obviously a lot of it will be accurate based on how many subsui recipes are, are in there, right? And so you're like, oh man, this. This actually knows how to make a subsidiary. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It statistically knows how to throw a whole bunch of words together that should equal what you've asked it to do. Mm. So that's not the same as understanding. So to say that it actually understands the the thing that it's telling you is not it's not super accurate, right? Because it's all X's and then O's. Yeah. So it's all just like it's all just guessing based on learning, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so there would be because at the end of the day, it's just words then. And then they just put the words together that are common yeah, in yeah, that yeah. area. Yeah. Like in this part of the world, they use these words more than this part of the world. So yeah. I think they're talking about these guys. So when, Ex- when they're in New Zealand, they're, yeah. they use these words like this. Pretty much. And, mm-hmm. that's, and that's the thing, right? Like um, obviously we're like oversimplifying it, but that's essentially what it's, what it's doing. So does it actually, un- does it sit there and think the way a human thinks and goes, 
well, actually, the way my, my mum would make it and the way the, you know, like the, the recipe works is if it's had, like, no, 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 none of that. It just literally takes masses, masses amounts of, of data that's already been trained and goes, this is probably the most accurate I can. So one thing that's kind of funny is when I'll use ChatGPT and I'll be asking a bunch of stuff, especially if I'm like coding and I'm looking for a different thing and it'll, it'll just make shit up. And then I'll be like, yo, even stuff that I'm like, no, that's wrong, you know? And they'd be like, oh, sorry, my mistake. It's actually this. And then I'll be like, that's also wrong. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. And, <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, I remember this, uh, this PhD, this lady with a PhD in her field of research, she was saying when ChatGPT first came out, they were, like, oh, testing it on a whole bunch of stuff. And she was saying, man, like, this was really good. Like, you know, it was breaking a lot of stuff down at, uh, and, and, and at, analyzing a lot of stuff in terms of, like, sentiment and, and, and words, right, word analysis. And it was convincing her that it actually understood her research. And then she asked it. She goes, oh, well, the only test is to ask it something that actually hasn't been proven. And ChatGPT at the time literally was like, oh, this is... And she was like, she was reading through the answer. And she was like, that's actually really plausible. That's really plausible. And it was like, cite your sources. It made up a whole bunch of sources. Like, oh, yeah, this is a... Made up. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, this is a research paper by blah, blah, blah in, you know, 1975. And this, and, and then they, they don't... These are papers that don't exist. Wow. But we would we know that? No, of course we don't. We'd be like, oh, there's like five references there to, oh, that looks like it's on, you know, this journal. And uh, that's a that's a peer-reviewed journal from a science, you know, like a reputable scientific uh, um, institution. And so... They were saying, man, this is pretty, this is dangerous in how believable it is, you know, how plausible this stuff is from people who actually know that's their field of specialty. Now, that's a good thing to keep in mind mm. when we're looking at these stuff to go, oh, that's nice. It can do a bunch of this low-level stuff. That helps us, right? Like, I'm, I'm all for AI helping us, you know, it's a tool to go, okay, man, this is a boring report. Uh, make sure it just says a whole bunch of stuff that keeps the corporate, you know, ticks all the boxes, for, fills in all the fields or whatever. And then I'll just make sure it's kind of accurate, doesn't repeat itself, off it goes. Saves me two hours of my day. 100%, that's cool. But I'm not going to write a, uh, a research study based on anything that mm. comes out of this thing. And then I've got, what, five flawed blocks that I'm going to build a case for why we should exterminate all the salmons in Auckland. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it looks plausible. Oh, man, I think the salmons are going to revolt and, and kill us all based on... Or these research papers that says that you know when the moon hits whatever like you know it just but it just sounds plausible because it knows how to write plausible things because it's read all the plausible things right in the in the correct language and the tone and everything to make you go that's solid man I think that's I think we better get rid of all the salmons before they you know <laughs> <laughs> I, f I feel like that flaw is not public knowledge. It's and because I, I can understand, like when, when you read it, when you say it looks plausible, mm. sure, a lot of people will read anything and believe it. Yeah, especially when it comes from a new thing like Chat GPT. Yeah, yeah, when people <coughs> talk about how man, it's taking over, a students gonna use it for the essays, mm. and they're gonna like, hand and get the A's. Yeah, people go, wow, believe that. Yeah, they're believing it. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard for teachers to catch it out as well because yeah, if you think about it, like this is a super, I don't use the word super knowledgeable. Um, tool, right? And yeah. so, I don't know. So, if yeah. that's in the background, yeah. right, you're going to use it and think, every, you're going to believe everything it comes up. Oh, 100%. You know? And this is why it's kind of man. funny because we've had this, you know, when we started this conversation, you're like, oh man, non technical people, we just get bombarded with stuff. So, 
the reason why it's this stuff is common knowledge. It's out there. Like people are like waste amount of people with me are debating this stuff because it's actually out there. And they're going back and forth on, oh man, this is the thing is it's such a there's just so much information. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like, it's hard for us to this person and I'm gonna go back to slamming this guy on LinkedIn. <laughs> this person is actually uh like he's touted as a, a tech leader, a Maori tech leader. Mm-hmm. And so because he's a kind of like a prominent figure and uh, in the company and, and, and online and stuff. And so obviously other people would be like, oh, that's actually mean. And I was like, man, if we want to be a tech leader in this space, especially around this tech, especially us, you should you should definitely be putting the other, the full story out there, you know, tempering the enthusiasm. Like I don't, I'm not knocking the enthusiasm. I think the stuff is cool. I'm a geek. Oh yeah, man, it's going to do all this stuff. But when you start mixing in stuff that it's not supposed to, or actually doesn't do very well, and then you have a whole bunch of people get excited about, oh yeah, mm. we're going to use it for translating it into what into my language, and then and then you're gonna, oh, we don't actually need a Samoan translator, we can just use this, and then just go and ball something up out there, or just like completely use the word appropriation, but it's just like oh, okay, so what? You don't need us anymore, and this is this is the danger when I'm saying like the AI danger is even. So if you think about it, if we all believe the hype, this is a super intelligent being now, we don't need people to be the judge and jury and prosecutor and and um, mortgage decider mm. and um, mm. uh, university entrance decider. We can just use these. But I was like, well, what was it trained on? I was, it was trained on uh, all the flawed judicial system where it's like they've, oh, you know, White people with the same level of um, of charges as, as as brown people. These guys just keep going all the way to jail. These guys get off with a you know slap on the wrist, and that's the data that we're training on. So <laughs> what's what's the AI going to do? Yeah, you have to go all the yeah. way to jail. <laughs> but like it's just doing what it was trained on, and that's why we, we talk about when they talk about bias in mm. the in these large language models. That's what we're talking about. Like the the LLM is not trying to be a dick. It's saying, oh, you told me that nine out of ten. Uh, islanders are guilty so i'm keeping that i'm, I'm keeping that uh, average you know mm. so like when the stats come out and mm. you look at the stats but not knowing the full, like why yeah you ask why yeah, yeah why yeah. is the high number here and low number here yeah yeah and why has it been for, for, for decades yeah yeah like there's no why about it it's yeah. like oh that must be how it is let's yeah. do it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing that i kind of find funny is like ever since like all the research came out and like the you know all those these these really kind of like famous studies that have been like debunked like the the prison experiments and a few other like the the one where they were like buzzing uh, i think it was like a torture experiment and it all happened at i can't even remember like what university was over in the u.s but they, i think they made a movie out of it yeah yeah experiment yeah. yeah but they actually like debunked it by looking at the actual um research and going oh your sample size is like just these guys you know, and so the the basically the conclusions that you're drawing from then going, oh yeah, this is what people are like is like based on those twenty white guys who all like you know Ivy League uh, yeah. schools. It's like it's <laughs> maybe those guys, but like you can't extract that, that you know draw that conclusion from it. And the funny thing is, is like, but now that we've got all this other research about like, oh actually the the you know the judicial system is. It's pretty racist, right? It's systemic racism is just, just built in because we've been using the same system for ages, right? So obviously if, it's, if it hasn't moved with the times, it's going to have all this inherent bias in it, right? But then I was like, <clears throat> I wonder what an LLM would be like if obviously it's got all like the historic data in the, in the stats, but then it has to temper it with um, 
all of the research that's gone, oh, actually, it's actually quite biased. Now, <clears throat> the next step would be, okay, so if the LLM now says, yeah, actually, Barangay, now you're going to go all the way, how long do you reckon the LLM's going to stay around for? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, oh, that's not right. Well, like, but we didn't we all agree that AI is, mm, is, is yeah. you know, is super intelligent? So that's when that's when the politics comes into it, and that's the <laughs> man. There's no easy way. No, this you're giving me all these uh, solutions, but there's a dead end of every. <laughs> there's always man. It's multi-layered, and that's the thing man. that people have to keep an eye on, yeah. and that's the thing that kind of keeps you keeps you awake. Well, keeps me awake yeah. at night sometimes when you're just thinking, oh man, because we all play this game on um, on different scales, right? We play it at work, we play it with our families, and it's just like, how do we keep the peace? Based on trade-offs of people's personalities, their their um, their motivations, and it's the same thing when you go to work. What am I here at work for? And what's my boss like? And what's the company going to do? You know, they do they value this? Do they value that? Where's the market going? And then if you look at the market, it's just a bigger version of a small group of people and their incentives and their motivations. Mm. And then you go to the country. So if you keep doing that, it's the same thing, right? So there's people wherever you're going to find people. I used to be like quite anti people for ages because it's just like i just mean computers because at least i know the computer if the computer doesn't work that's my fault 100 percent. computer's just going to do what it's told whereas a person stab you in the back stab you in the front lie to you all that's kind of bullshit you know and Mm. so i was like ah it's kind of easier my life's a little bit simpler if it's just me and the (laughs) the computer (laughs) computer. (laughs) computer's not gonna lie to me it's just gonna tell me what it knows that's all Mm. you know and it's my fault you know and so if i if i live life like that then as soon as you get out and the human beings get involved. Mm. So I always think, man, trouble with work and trouble with tech is people. That's the problem. You know, I used to have that for ages. But then, you know, obviously you grow up and you get the chip off your shoulder and you get a little bit wiser and you're like, well, actually, like people are the answer as well, you know. So obviously, you know, you, you remember all the, the people that helped you out, the people that were there for you, the people that, you know, that inspired you or the people that motivated you and believed in you, all that kind of stuff. They're people too. Mm. You know, so you can't just be like, "Oh, this guy's a dick," so therefore, I hate all people. You know, mm. so I've, I was just thinking about humans. Like, see, we even still figured out the the whole the whole racism thing. Mm. So, how can we expect AI to figure all that out if, if humans can't even figure it out themselves? Like, when when I think about the struggle, the the Pacifica struggle, mm. you know, it's living in the Western world. Mm. You know, to me, the word Pacifica means New Zealand born. Mm. Because uh, I don't hear it anywhere else yeah, yeah, but yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. Like, I think Australia, they say Polynesian. And LA, in America, they say Polynesians. Yeah, yeah. And Pacifica seems like a word that was invented by us, by New Zealand-born academics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to... to, to but if you think about it, Polynesian's only a small triangle, right, of the Pacific Islands. Yeah, well, the Polynesians include the Māori, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't say that here. We yeah. say Pacifica and Māori. Because we somehow took the Māori out of... Well, my understanding was Pacifica was just a... You know how like we have Melanesia, Micronesia, um, Polynesia. Mm. And so I, I used to say Polynesian to mean all Pacific Islanders. Like that's how ignorant yeah. I was, right? Like, yeah. It was not even that long ago. I was like, yeah, Polynesian. They're like, oh, but how about like, you know, our Melanesian, Micronesian brothers and sisters? And I'd be like, are they not... <laughs> are they not Polynesian? No, they're... That's, you know... And so... Bus figure is supposed to, but this, I mean, if you're Tangata Moana is the... That's the latest new the latest, word yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah, yeah. up. But the reason why I brought that up was because of the values, the, the different mm. values um, Pacific Islanders have or Indigenous have with mm. the Western world. Mm. 
you know, and see, we haven't figured that out yet because mm. that's why there's racism. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. why, you know, probably there's there's a gap, there's a financial gap between you know brown people and white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not, we don't know how to live in the colonized world. Yeah. Or, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Because it's not our values. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if we're trying to figure it out, if the Balangis don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if Balangis don't care and yeah. we're trying to figure it out, yeah. we're trying to live in there, you know, it, we're, it's like an uphill battle. Yeah. It's been like that for a long time. How, and, 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 and there's racism yeah. because of this. How is AI going to know? If we don't even know. Yeah. If humans haven't figured it out yet. That's the whole point, right? So... Yeah. <laughs> so don't like abdicate our responsibility to you know it's almost like hey man like this is what this is this is why that post pissed me off because it's like you can you can be um you can be like super excited for ai for what it does without almost like handing that over to them if we all know that like hey man we haven't we're still figuring it out we're still doing the deals and going, okay, man, you know that that's not cool and I'm doing this because of this. Okay, maybe we'll bring it. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're still negotiating and doing the deals. And now what? We're going to throw it over to, to the AI who we don't have anything to do, you know, don't have a lot to do with it. Mm. That's why it gets dangerous is because where it's kind of headed. The, and I've always seen this, like, especially in tech, the, the tech, the marketing hype for tech is out the gate, eh? Like marketing. Just, yeah, marketing. Like it, <clears throat> I remember... Um, I remember like my, my barber was a few years ago and I remember he was cutting my hair. Um, shout out Luke Fader, you know, at uh, Maloney's in, in the town. But he was like, who's, do you think the, um, you think the robot's going to take over our jobs? And I was like, cause I was contracting at the time. And so I was going from like, um, company to company. So it was like banks and insurance companies and other tech companies, right? And building their stuff. And in order to build their stuff, I got to see how, how they designed it, how they built it, who's working there, the school levels, the the coordination between teams, even like at the like the C suite level to see, oh okay, these people are known for like, you know, running good companies or whatever. And just going, There's a clown show around here, man. Like this shit is held together by tape and goodwill, you know? Mm. And or or like five people that like run around like headless monkeys like after hours to like keep things like keep the lights on kind of thing. And I was like but that's not what you see on the marketing. The marketing is like, oh yeah, man, automation. It just goes from here and then does all this like magic and then pops out here and like there's no humans involved kind of thing. And you're mm. like, that's all lies, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> the shit is broken. There's a person doing a copy and paste <laughs> when it gets to this machine and it gets, you know, that's right. how it jumps. So I see all that, you know, and so so that's just normal for me. But then when I see the the hype, obviously like you're you the Average person out there is just gonna be like, oh, okay, we're man, we're 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 streets ahead, and I was like, we are not streets ahead, man. There's a whole lot of this stuff, and a lot of it is a lot of it's just company culture. That's the thing that you know you realize you get into a. I remember I did a, a pretty big project, and usually like when I'm contracting, they they bring me in when the the whole thing's on fire, right? And they just need someone to to save it, kind of thing. Not me, like individually, but usually like they they get the contractors in to come and like salvage yeah. the thing. And, <laughs> And usually we will we'll get in there and I'll be like, oh, tech is, yeah, because it's like a little bit cutting edge or whatever, but you, know, you can figure that out. The hardest thing in any corporation that I've ever found is the people, is the little political games that get played and it's just like an inefficiency of like this swinging dick and, and that swinging dick or just like having a pissing contest in a conference room and you're just like, why are we all in here? And why these guys don't just like step out and have a, you know, have a yeah. one out and, and we'd be done. We've been at this thing for months. Just little, you know, like, oh, someone sabotaged this and someone's like cut the funding to that and now you've got to mm. go. And 
And I'd be like, what is, the, and it's people, right? You know, like the tech is pretty straightforward. The market's doing this and this is what you do. People come in there and just like surveil everything around. You're just like, well, that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But that's just because that's what people are like, right? So I've yeah. heard there's a bunch of companies that do have that situation now. There's a whole lot there. Because I know. I, I want to say all of them. Because <laughs> talking to Tana, like he has that experience. Yeah, I think he's told me of some experience like that and yeah. there's jobs he's been on. Yeah. You know, if the executives are doing that. I want to say more often than not. Like, I don't think I've been to a company where that hasn't been the case. Do you think it's because cause they're not tech people and they're just trying to, they know it's a tool, but because they have the tool, mm. it some, gives them some sort of power and then you know how to use it and, and the other person doesn't? Like, what? without understanding just the fundamental thing about it? <clears throat> well, see, the thing is, now I'm talking about the whole organization, right? So if you think about it, like, the tech people have their own problems, like... Geeks have communication issues and understanding a bigger picture than you know than, than just the tech. And usually their problem is, hey man, this is a business, so we need to ship this thing uh, to make money. Otherwise, we're all getting well out of a job. So sometimes like the like the geeks are like, ah, oh, they want to do it a certain way because it's their craft and blah blah. And just like, hey man, don't get don't get precious about <clears> this. If you can't deliver that thing to best practice and with all the bells and whistles, then we need to deliver it by this date. Now, that's not a tech reality. That's a business reality. So who's saying that? So that'll be, that's either the project manager or somebody that's like got to do with the business, right? They're mm-hmm. like, hey, man, are we developing the software or not? They're like, oh, you know, I really want this thing to be able to do it, you know, because there's also an art to tech as well. You know, you can make something, you can write beautiful code, you can have it minimal, you can have it run performance, you know, like, oh man, it's like microsecond, nice. microsecond. <laughs> and we all be like, oh, I think about like when like car, like motorheads, those dudes, when they're yeah. like, you know, doing their, 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 and, and, and everyone stands around and goes, oh yeah. We, we do that as well as, as geeks, right? We'll just be like, man, there's a pretty sweet rig, man, you know, and watch a fire up, oh, the graphics, oh, like, you know, like we all, like, you know, we cream ourselves over this stuff. But the thing is, like, that has its place. But with business, you know, but now we're working in a company. You can mm-hmm. do that at home and it doesn't cost anyone any money. But if I'm like, hey, man, that software needs to be out by this Friday. And you're like, well, you know, I'm not happy with it. But I don't, we don't kind of, we don't care now, you know. So that's the that's the tech, tech people are kind of a little bit like that. And also communication, not their forte usually. But so the thing that I was saying is, like, <clears throat> every department, HR, uh, accounting, um, marketing, sales, um, the BAs, business analysts, like all the different things have to kind of work together. But they all got different incentives, right? Mm-hmm. They all got different incentives as a team. These guys make the best tech. Business, make the most money. Sales, sales make the most money. Business, grow the, you know, grow it the most. Marketing, sell a whole bunch of stuff. And we're like, and you'll find this, like I think most tech people when we look at salespeople, we're like, you motherfuckers. Because you will go out and sell something that doesn't exist yet and then turn around to the IT guys and go, to make it. hey man, <laughs> we need this to go. And we're like, who told you Who told you to go out there and say it can be done in three months and it's going to have all of this in it? Well, we're on the hook now. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part about it, especially in corporate, is um, the salespeople are seen as a revenue generator. Mm. Oh, you guys make us all the money. And we are seeing as a cost and expense to the company, as a burden, like the IT people. See, that's nuts. That what? That but because what, like, what happens if you guys are gone? This and that's why make almost, your own uh, <laughs> <yeah>. product. <laughs> but that's and that's the thing that always buzzed me out because I was like, man, when they celebrate, oh hey man, we you know celebrate profits and stuff like that. You'd see all like the sales marketing people go out get awards and stuff, and I'm looking at all us the geeks and be like, these mother. <laughs> They're like, yeah, man, you know, they pushed the envelope. I said, no, you pushed our envelope, you know? 
And so, and that's you know, so I always like you know, I have a bit of a, you know, bit of a bit of a laugh with what they. But that's the that's kind of the reality of all the different. It's like high school, man. Mm. All the different. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say American high school because I didn't really have the. You know, like we all watch like American movies, right? And so, these are the jocks. Those are the geeks. Those are the alternative, and those are the blah, the drama. You know, like a, the Glee Club. Mm. We didn't really have that. Right? When we come to boys, everyone was just Hummels, right? Or everyone was just uh, Islanders. But like that's kind of like what corporate is like. All these different groups, and so they have different functions. And so if you break that down, like okay, you want to make the most money, we want to make the best tech, you want to make the most sales, all this kind of stuff. And then you break it down to the and to the individual. Then you got different people who are just like, oh man, I'm just here from nine to five. And then you got the person who's there, man, I'm gonna make this my career. And then you got the person there who's like, just oh, I'm always sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so think about all of that that's happening, and you're trying to coordinate all that. And then go tell, oh, yeah, man, we've got this, like, everything's humming and automated and blah, blah, blah. So get, the, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> everything's a tech is just, like, tech's awesome, obviously. You know, I wouldn't be in it for, for this long if it didn't truly, like, interest me, I guess. But just the, the marketing hype, boys, kind of annoys me a little bit. Just because it sends people down the, the wrong way or gives the, the wrong. It sells a lot of stuff, for sure. But I'm just like, you know, he's got to build that. And has to, like, explain to the barber that... It's not like that at all. You throw me job safe. Yeah. Not all jobs, <laughs> but your job safe. So you're not contracting anymore. You full time. Yeah, yeah. So I went full time. I think this because contracting contracting was cool. You know, it was quite um liberating because you just like do the contract, you negotiate it, and you just supply your own stuff, and you don't have to do all like the. I always hate the company rara kind of stuff. You know, everyone get around. Ah, and I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about company. You know, I'm like, I always care about the the team and the people that I'm working with, helping them out, making sure that our projects are gonna um, get delivered and everyone's everyone's working. I like I like working in a team hmm. and delivering. So when people are like, oh man, you got pretty anti-company, I say yeah, because the, the company to me is not a you know, it's not it's not important to me. You know, hmm. people are important to me. And so I'm always like, you know, oh I'm not loyal to a company, but I'll help out my team. Hmm. So if they call me after hours or something like that, yeah man, I'll get down for that. But if the company calls me. Because they need me to, I don't give a fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I remember my, kind of like, he was like my, my, my contracting mentor. He's the Palangi guy. He actually got me my first contract uh, when I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm good enough for contracting. Sorted the whole thing out. But I remember he was, he would like mentor me through my first contract to kind of like, like how the life would, would, would go, right? And I remember he was saying, hey man, it's 37.5 hours, you know, seven and a half hours a day, eight, uh, half hour for lunch. And then you close your laptop. And I remember he's like, no, when it's like 4.30 or whatever, their laptop lid's coming down, unless they're talking about paying, you know, like your hourly rates on right. going. And I remember uh, as a, an insurance company, and I remember like the project manager, oh, oh Ron, it was like 10 past four, right? It's going to be half past four. And I was like, hey, man, like uh, we've got this thing. It's, you know, it's about to, can you, um, can you have a look at it? And I said, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I can, 100%. But at half past, I've got a, I got to bounce. Um, they're like, uh, oh man, it might take a little bit longer. You know, it might be another couple of hours. I said, okay, cool. You'll pay for the for the for their overtime. They're like, ah, uh, well. And I said, okay, well then this is going down. And I said, well, they're like, it's really important, man. It's really important. You know, like this project is, you know, means a lot to the company. And but I said, okay, cool. So you're going to pay the thing? And they're like. Okay, maybe it's not. Oh, maybe you can pick it up in the morning. I said, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I can pick it up in the morning. You know, and that's and that's what my my mentor kind of told me. He's like, hey yeah. man, like, if the, if it's really important, they'll pay you. 
Mm. And I've been in those situations where they're like, yeah, man, this shit is on fire. They've got like, you know, the customers like, hey, what's going? And I'll be like, hey, man, you're going to pay till I, and they'll be like, yeah, man, just get it, get it done. <laughs> oh, sweet. And that's, and that's the, you know, that's, mm. that's the, the transaction that you have with the company, you know? And so when they're like, oh, man, I thought we were boys. I was like, yeah, but. This pain, business. Yeah, this business. <laughs> we, we can be all cool. We go out to lunch yeah, mm. every day. That's cool. You, you pay me. You know, that's that's how this works. See, I'm thinking like, they see Balangsi's Islander. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll bend he'll bend the knee. Of course. You how know? many? Because how many have you know? <laughs> yeah. And just been nice. It's funny because I got a Basvika tech network, so I got a whole bunch of the uh, Basvika engineers, tech people. We're on a Discord, right? And I was kind of like a um, little bit surprised, well, kind of surprised, but not really surprised at like how many do kind of have a reverence for the company. And they I say, that's still your time. You understand the relationship you're in, right? It's a corporate relationship. It's not a personal relationship. Mm. So it's a it's a contract. Because remember, as soon as you're not valuable to them, they will ask you. And they, will, they, they can be super nice to you and super nice about it, but they will ask you because it's business. That's the primary relationship that you have with, with the company. Mm. So to, for you to have any kind of reverence for the company outside of just like, okay, I honor my you know, the, the terms and conditions of my contract is a little bit, I don't know, it, it's almost, I almost want to say that's kind of cliche for our culture to to kind of kowtow to, you know, to to the Western game. Mm. And so if they expecting us to do that, and then we have to have a whole new breed of islanders that, not being dicks about it, but just, this is what you guys do. You guys negotiate, right? You guys hold out for a thing. You You take different offers and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, Go with the with the best one, right? And say, oh, sorry, yeah, no, nah, took another offer, yeah. and don't feel bad about it, because you know when people go, oh, you know, now I got to go through, you know, oh, hey man, you're really disappointed in um <laughs> in that because uh you know we thought we gave you, and I said, yeah, but I, I said what the the thing was, and they gave it to me, and you guys didn't, so, and for <laughs> you to take it personally, I'd be like, nah, man, what, what game are you playing? Mm. Come on, man, are we mm. well, are we family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you just met me over these last three interviews so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of that kind of stuff and mm. yeah and again like when I, I guess when yeah I hate to not hate to come off but like you know sometimes I think I come off like a like I'm being a, a, a dick to people because if you if they're like oh yeah of course of course you know like they, they, they get it because obviously they they know what the game is kind of thing but I guess as a Samoan person it doesn't sound it doesn't sound humble you know, and I was like, well, there's a humility in just going, well, accepting the terms of the game and playing it, right? I'm not doing anything illegal and I'm not trying to make out like I'm better than anybody or better than you. I'm just like, hey, man, that's, that's the terms of the game. You'd play it. You know, when all the layoffs come through and Tech had some massive layoffs over the last year and a bit, unapologetic. I mean, the, the, the Americans are definitely more cutthroat than us. Like, they bunch of engineers found out they got fired because they went to log in to work and the logins didn't work. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> like they yeah, do it like that. Yeah. I was like... Even the ticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they give it the same ticks. That would not it? fly here, eh? Like, holy, oh, there'd be so many, uh, yeah. so many like, um, unfair dismissal cases. Mm. I guess I'm, I, consider, I consider myself lucky because my parents instilled that in me growing up. Like, because they, they both worked mm. and my mum was in corporate back in the days. And mm. yeah, just, and my dad too, like, Hey, you only get paid whatever. You, if it's nine to five, that's it. Yeah. You come home. You not. You don't have to stay. Yeah. If they tell you to stay, not time's up. Yeah. Or get overtime pay, whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. You come home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And, and that's and that's what they did too. So yeah, that's yeah. be professional. Mm. 
because that's what a professional does, right? Mm. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't see any, I don't see any problem with that. So to me, it was normal. Mm. But then, you know, when you hear stories and yeah. you read the paper and you you read you hear stories about you know Islanders just giving in, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, and you're like, man, what? Was it like a great area now? Like, you know, I thought this was like normal. You're supposed yeah. to, you can't, if you're not getting, if, it, if yeah. you finish at five, then you finish at five. Yeah, yeah, you're not, yeah exactly. No one's going to pay you. Yeah, but they know it's like you're saying. They see you coming and they just do the, they lean on, you know, like these people are like, oh man, this is really important. Yeah. And I was like, that's a weird, this is a weird conversation to have. This is really important. <laughs> important to, <laughs> it should be, hey man, need another couple of hours. Oh, mm. you know, pay it, done. Yeah. That's the conversation we should be having, you know, not, um, trying to pull my heartstrings for this company. And mm. I was like, this is an insurance company. If this was like, you know, I can't even think of like healthcare or something where someone, is this life or death? <laughs> it's insurance. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? How important is this? <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to try and like get over on somebody, yeah, for an insurance company. I was yeah. like, yo man, wrong heartstrings for the wrong kind of company. That's a good point about hospital because I'm hoping, you know, there's a great area for those doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know, the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nurses are fine. Yeah, yeah. But the doctors, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hope he gets there. <laughs> you better not knock off when I need you. Well, they've got that human... Well, that's the thing, though, eh? Because when the humanity is... This is where I always kind of see, like, the humanity in the, in the corporate thing, right? So, example four. We call this... Uh, in corporate, we call it a cultural tax... So it's when you're working for an organization and they need something cultural done, right? And they lean on, oh, we've got a Samoan language week or I've got, um, you know, Diwali or something like that. And then they lean on those employees to deliver that for the company. And then obviously it's on their social medias and, oh, good, you know, this, um, this company is really, really culturally sensitive and blah, blah, right? But that's not, as far as my experience, that's not a paid, that's not paid work. Hmm. None of that's paid work, right? And so you've got your the pressure of your actual job, and then you're doing all this extra stuff for for the company, right? But the thing is, is but it's for your culture as well. So you kind of feel like, oh, so if I don't do it, then it's not going to happen. So we're not going to celebrate uh, Samoan Language Week if I don't do anything. Hmm. And then the then the onus becomes kind of becomes your guilt, and that's where, you know, that's kind of that's where that kind of pressure comes from, or that kind of that you know that, that social pressure to to deliver something for free, right? And so the, the the name that's given for that is like the, the cultural tax that we have to pay for for that. Oh, they don't do it like during work hours. They do the thing during work hours, but if you're uh, getting a um, like if, a other ceremony or yeah. like you know all that kind of like, like you you organize that in your own in your own time. You've got to see for Samoa coming. You got to call some people. You got to um, get some decorations and stuff oh. like that. Yeah, like when you fill out your timesheet, you can't. No, that, that doesn't go in. That doesn't go. That oh, doesn't go what? In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so they're just like, oh yeah, well, why are you staying late? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing a, you know, like my right. cousins are coming around to practice some more that we're going to do for the, so it's like, it's stuff like that, but it's kind of like a, it's one, it's a, it's a known kind of thing. Oh yeah, so <clears throat> the point of that story is like, when it comes to something that's like, oh, it, you can't just make it corporate, like if they, if they kind of like integrate those two things, it's kind of hard to separate and that's where... And I wrote about it, like that's where you get a lot of burnout for people who are like trying to do something outside of because it's like they're passionate about it, so they go above and beyond for it. And then obviously the corporate, they're like, oh man, this is it's almost like a free resource. And if it's valuable enough, they will just keep they'll keep using it, you know. And I remember I was the I remember I think Vodafone I got pretty burnt out at, at Vodafone, but that was more on a 
a skills issue where they were like, oh, hey, man, this guy can do a, a lot of stuff. So they started giving me, like, all the projects. And I was just, like, across so many different projects that I was like, man, like, you guys are going to have to pick which ones because I've only got, like, 50 hours that week, right? And I was, this is when I was, like, you know, early in the game and I was, like, I was working over, like, working overtime because I was like, man, like, the little chip on my shoulder was like, ah, oh, because I'm the only, only Samoan engineer there in that team, especially in this integration team. And I was like can't be seen to be like oh you, oh well you can't do it you can't do it oh you can't you can't solve that thing you can't build that thing so it was a little bit of an ego thing and also mm. just like a bit of a pride thing where i was like can't be the only someone in here and then people were like oh yeah no like the, right. someone else but i was like i remember when we were putting all of our projects up on the on the screen for me and my team they were all kind of like laughing at me because i had like 12 projects on the go and everyone would have an average of like three or four uh-huh. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, am I out of the?" They're like, "Yeah, man, how did you?" And I was like, "Oh, well, the project manager's coming around, and they're like, they really needed me for this thing, you know." So I was just like clueless, and like, "Hey, man!" So like, my team were cool; they they helped me out with some stuff. But yeah, I was just burnt out trying to prove that I wasn't a, you know, the whole thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not the diversity hire. Hmm. You hired me for my skills, and I can I can hang with with everybody here, right? And so that drives you to to burnout or to like you know exploitation. So. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that kind of taps into, especially in, in corporate, because it's not our, you know, we always feel like the the outsider there, mm-hmm. right? And so you're, they're always trying to like prove yourself that you're not, um, it's not, a, I'm not a charity case here, man. Like, Islanders can hang with all of your tech. We just mm. look different, you know? Mm. So you, you know, got the whole, oh, I thought you're a bouncer. Oh, oh, you play rugby? Like, all the classics, right? You know, just they, they play the classics when you're outside of your, your usual lane. Yeah, yeah, I like the one where you're like emailing people to help them. You know, when they like email you, and then they're like, and then they, oh, hey man, it might be quick if I just come around. Like, yeah, man, I'm over here. They come around, they look at everyone except for oh, oh. you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, <it's... laughs> but you know, and the thing is, is like, you know, when people are like, oh, you playing the race, I was like, no, that's just, I'm not like, that's just the observation, like that's mm. just objectively, that's just what happens, right? And you know, people are like. You shouldn't get hung up on it. You shouldn't focus on that. So I'm not focusing on it, except for what's funny is like a, I had a, one of my good mates is a German guy. Straight out of Germany, I think I was, I'm pretty sure, and I'm going to, actually, I think I have confirmed, I'm his first brown friend, like uh, Islander friend. Yeah. And so he he thought I was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he would just, he'd just be asking me all this stuff like I was like a, you know, like a, like a, like a zoo animal or something like that. And I just remember we'd go into meetings and I'd get heated, eh? Because there'll be there'll be answers that I gave that they'll be like, oh, they push back on it. But if he gave the same answer, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's actually good. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. those ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, did I say the same thing? Or didn't I just present the same design? And so the thing is, my, my mate Mirko, he's awesome guy. I love that dude. He's he would he because you know he's he's not from New Zealand, so he'd just be like, this is like he he yeah. can see what's yeah, happening. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. And so when he so when we, I remember coming at this one of these project meetings, he was like, hey, man, you get quite hot, eh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man. He goes, oh, he goes, yeah, that was really unfair. I was like, yeah, that's, he goes, does that, he's like, does that happen a lot? And I was like, yeah. hang out with me, man. And you'll just, <laughs> you'll just see. And so he would just like basically witness this thing, mm. obviously from a different, like, I think Kiwis just be like, oh, no, that's normal, right? But he's like from Germany where he's just like, what's, what, what? Why isn't this guy's <laughs> answer going through? Why are we repeating ourselves? Yeah, and so yeah, no, nah, he thought it was like he, it was like a fun, I guess, uh, observation for mm, me. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you know, we're talking about when you were young and mm. doing all the extra work. Yeah. 
but that would have been good for the start of your career like to try and get ahead and mm. so i think that's the trick i always hear the trick when you start out your career and like always do the extra mm. just get on just get on board because no one knows you yeah, yeah, yeah. and the bosses don't know you they yeah. just hired you yeah, yeah so when they see you hard working stay over time just do the little bit extra yeah, yeah not for the rest of the no, career, no, 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 but no. for the first maybe few months or a year yeah just do so they they understand that you're your your asset mm. you know yeah, straight away yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it's, i think it's all about first impressions kind of thing yeah yeah then you can like slack off when you yeah, well, <laughs> get <in the> good books <laughs> well, the thing is like 100% i think the thing for um no 100% and, and the mm. funny thing about that is like cuz you're like you're saying you're you're proving your value and and you're you know I'll, like to use a more recent term, you're, you're building your brand so that they know who you, who you are kind of thing. But also in tech, and the funny thing is tech is because it's so fast-paced, you have to like stay not necessarily ahead of the game, but you have to you have to kind of run. Like running, you know, you've heard uh, the U2 song, Running to Stand Still. Yeah. It feels like that sometimes, right? And the thing that like, when, when I've like um, had conversations with like young Pacifica coming into the game and they're like, oh, you know, do I said, well, the extra is because you actually don't know a lot of stuff. So mm. if you want to like, if you want to catch up quick, then Learn. it's mm. going to like, so look at all that stuff as you're investing in you. So if you, the thing is like, it's different if you're like, if you're like a senior engineer and you've done all this stuff, then you're not learning anything new by doing it. But if you're a junior engineer and you haven't touched any of this stuff, then then you are going to benefit. Not just like, yes, the company's going to benefit. You're going to like, like close a lot of tickets but you're going to benefit as well. So as long as you're, you know, the, the rule is um, learn or earn. So that's the, the that's the, your, basically your litmus test for staying anywhere. Are you earning money? Um, okay, either either you're earning good money or you're learning a lot. So if you're not learning a lot, but you're earning good money, you can stay, like that's that's okay. Or if you're not earning a lot of money, like most of the, the juniors are, but you're learning a lot, also stay. But if you're not learning anything because it's just the same old stuff and you're not earning that much, if you look at the market rate, you need to leave, you know. So that whole learning part, yeah, when you're new to the game, get in there, learn, because that's that's your investment. That's not necessarily the investment in the, in, in the company. And that's what's funny when I talked to this, this guy who had his, like, master's and I think it was computer science, but he was working at Spark and he was in his 40s like me, right? And he's like, well, how did you get to kind of where you are now like you know um i'm you know i've got kids and blah blah and i was like man i'll be honest man like in order to if i can if i want to stay still then i can do like nine to five but if i've got designs on i want that then i know that's going to be a few hours after work but it's going to like a few hours after work going home opening a book or like doing a course and just going okay that's how i built that thing like cool because that's how, what I had to do for contracting. Because I was like, okay, I want to contract for that. Okay, I'll go do a course on that. Uh, anyone hiring for this? Yeah. Okay, this is what I can do. And then you go in. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, like, and because my thing was, um, there's a new tech uh, out, well, kind of new here in New Zealand called Kubernetes, which is a container orchestration system. And because it was quite new, I'd learned it um, through, like, my, my other contracting buddies. And they were like, hey, man, get on this. And so I kind of taught myself it and then went into a, a contract and they were like, oh, we need you to do this. I said, yeah, cool. And then what's funny is like, oh, no, actually, before that, I went in there, I didn't know this, this. And they were like, oh, we need you to do this. And this kind of goes back to my um, 
my contracting mentor when I got my first contract and I went in there and I was like, man, I do not know this this tech stack, right? And he's like, yeah. And so I, I remember like, he's like, hey man, uh, let me know how your your the, the new contract goes. And I think by the end of the first week, I said, hey man, can we have lunch? And he's like, already? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey man, I think I'm drowning, eh? Like I'm not learning fast enough. And I think I'm gonna get fired any, cause we, it's our one week uh, notice period. Yeah, so I can give you one week or you can give me one week, crap. I said, man, they're going to give me my one week, man, because they kind of keep checking in every now and then. Oh, how's the thing? I said, oh, yeah, I'm still just like uh, reading the docs and blah, blah, blah. And so he he was real because he's been contracting ever since he was like came out of uni. And he said to me, um, he goes, you know what? That's just learn. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. He goes, okay, well, you gotta you got to think about it this way. If they could have hired anybody else, they would have. But they didn't, so they got you. So learn. That's mm. it. You know, and I was like, very like black and white. It's just like, yeah. yeah, if they could have hired somebody else who knows this stuff, they would have, but they couldn't. But they found somebody who's like, okay, you've got relative skills. And I said I was a fast learner. And he vouched for me. So he, he'd left that contract and then told the man, I've got the dude for you. And then he told me, hey, man, this is what they, this is what they run on their, on their systems. Download it and learn it. So I downloaded it and learned it at, at, at home. On my labs, and then when I came in, they're like, "Oh, have you touched this stuff? Yeah, man, I can do this, do this, yeah. do this." Because <laughs> I just taught myself it off the off the internet, and that's how. So that's his thing, right? And so when I learned this Kubernetes thing um, on a contract, then that became my new contracting thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was, that's oh, yeah. a new tool. That's my new can, tool. Yeah. Use. And I was like, and okay, if this they're is. asking for it, then you're the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's how I. So my next, so I came off contracting and went and worked for Salesforce US based on, uh, as a cybersecurity engineer, but the, the director of the platform, he got my name from somebody because of my Kubernetes engineering. And also he'd seen me, I blog a, a, a bit, so he'd seen me like write up uh, how to like secure a Kubernetes cluster or whatever. And so he was just like, hey man, do you wanna come be a, basically come be a hacker? And I was like, that's my dream <laughs> yeah, yeah. job, you know? <laughs> and so I always thought, man, I'm not smart enough to be a hacker because these guys are out there. They they are so out the box, eh? And so yeah, and so it's based on like I traded my engineering uh, skills, and they had some hackers who were just like, cool, we'll just mentor you, and then they just like talk like I said, oh yeah, this is how you should think about containers and stuff, and they were like, oh, this is how we hack stuff, and I was like, this is awesome, and it was in on the infrastructure in the US for Salesforce, and that's on a whole other like any systems that I've seen over here in terms of scale nothing compared to like now when you're working with like different American engineering teams and on different platforms so they had like Slack um, MuleSoft was a, a big one obviously Salesforce and Heroku which is these are like big cloud platforms and they just had like almost hundreds of like uh, engineering teams and massive massive scale with the US like their tech their tech system so yeah so I went and, so again it was just like I learned something and I was able to trade up keep trading up to stuff to where I, I wanted to wanted to go, right? Interesting to think about that. Mm. And what I remember hearing when you came on the Polytech talk was mm. this is not anything taught in universities because no. they can't keep up. Yeah, I'm not sure what yeah. their thing is at the moment, but... I mean, you start the course in January, mm. it's all gone out the window by December. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the education, well, especially for this, for this field, right? Like, mm. I mean... Not that I'm like super clued up on like the curriculums and, and stuff. All I do know is um, a lot of the, the cloud stuff. So for my role at AWS, um, 
I'm a partner solution architect for the Pacific, so I fly out to the Pacific a lot, well, I used to. And I'd meet up with um, like USP and UPNG and like the universities over there. When you look at their curriculum, like all like the latest stuff that we're talking about, like that we've run for like industry, is either missing or like not even, or just like here's a couple of slides, this is cloud or whatever, and that's it. And I was like, man, but you're coming out into an industry that needs you to do all that. And I've seen a bunch of like um, young engineers that come out with a computer science degree and then have to go do a boot camp to learn how to be a developer or a software engineer for a company because that's a different beast than mm. being a... And not, I'm not saying that we should change... Like, I, I get what university is supposed to be. It's a place where you go and think and, like, you know, it's academic, right? Mm. So we think through, like, massive theories and, and all sorts of different ways of thinking. So it's not, like, trying to make you a... It's not the assembly line for making you a software engineer to go mm. sit in a cubicle somewhere, you know? So... So yeah, so that's why like the whole education, like boot camps are real big in tech. Um, but it's funny because, you know, you get people working at like Google and some of the other FANG, the big tech companies, and there's a little bit of, um, uh, not animosity, but it's kind of like a, the four-year uh, Ivy League computer science grads that make it into Google, uh, kind of shitting on the, the boot camp. Like, oh, really? uh, Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, that's... <laughs> it's not a good look. Like people like like these guys. Like there was a dude, and he put out a like, oh, this is this is like my career to date kind of thing, and just like emphasizing, oh, I learned you know this this this, and, that, and then I made it to here, blah blah. Um, yeah, I don't see a lot of boot camp um, grads out of, <laughs> and I was like, unnecessary. Like that's just, that's a little bit small, you know, yeah. <laughs> because I was like, you know, everyone gets the same interview, tech interview. So if you don't pass the Oh, especially for like software engineers, they've got to do a lot of like whiteboard coding, right? So they'll get given a problem or take them test and then they, they do like write the program or figure out the like the, the, the puzzle um, in code and then, oh yeah, it's right, blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll sit there and like pair program over uh, like so your field interviewer, then hey, you give me a problem and then I try and sort out how I would solve this this problem and then possibly write the code or pseudo code, which is kind of like close enough code that... that, mm. that shows you, demonstrates to you that I kind of, I, I understand how to solve this problem, yeah. even if I don't get the syntax perfect. Everybody gets their test. If you pass the test, you're on Google, right? So what does it, what does it matter if I've got a bootcamp, um, mm. you know, <laughs> just, just relax, you know, relax with your Ivy League four-year computer science, just, you know, like you spent, I'm not sure, like, because their degrees over there are like, man, that that would break your bank over there. It's like six-figure six figure debts when they're coming out and I was like if you're which is okay if you're going into tech um, but if you're going into like I don't know the arts or the humanities or anything like that and you have the same size debt do the boot camp man and just go get the yeah. so imagine how much a boot camp costs and then you get the tech salary it's a it's a profitable decision right hmm. yeah the, the boot camps the, the companies pay for them sometimes Nah, it's usually oh. self-taught. It's like it's like taking yourself to a like a private uh, oh, okay. institute, but uh, it just means that you it's very purpose-built for get you into a tech company. Mm. You know, it's like a, this is this is what you would do. This is how you collaborate with team members to build a piece of software to you know, and that's what you need to do because then when you go in there, they're not like okay, man, give us a rundown on you know like the the algorithm and the the history of the algorithm and which scientists came up with this and the you know, mathematical proof that uh, underscores. No, no, no. It's just like, <laughs> have you written the, does the button work on the, that's, that's it, right? Yeah. 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 
So, yeah, education has definitely changed. And that's why, I've, again, with the internet, I taught myself what I needed to know for my first job, my second job. Like, I didn't take any courses. It was I learned it all mm. online and then went, I can do that. And they were like, okay, here's the role. So when you see on my CV that I was like a Linux engineer or a web developer and all these roles, like none of them actually like a, got a qualification with them. But those are all roles that I landed and they were like, oh, hey, they give me the test. So obviously they give you the test to make sure that you're not just talking mm. shit. And then like, oh yeah, you know how to do it. Okay, cool. And the internet told me that. And this is what I tell like the, the kids today. I said, you know everything that happens on the inside of these big corporations? That's exactly what you can teach yourself online. That wasn't there mm. when I was, you know. You, you needed access to a $5 million machine that you would only get that ex work experience if you got hired. And I was like, well, this is a bit of a chicken and egg situation. Because how am I going to teach myself that unless I buy a machine like that for myself? Teach myself how to like configure and set it up and then apply for the job to go in there and do it. Nowadays, you can have all of those operating systems and stuff run it at home. That's how you do that. And then they'll be like, oh, we've got this machine here. Okay, cool, yeah, I've got that machine at home. Mm. In a virtual kind of, in a virtual version. It's probably the best thing about technology these days um, in terms of how the general public can has access to it. It's the information on being becoming anything you want to be. Mm. Like if you want to be a mechanic, it's all online. Yeah. If you want to, you know, if you want to, I don't want to say you want to be a surgeon, but uh, <laughs> you know, like there's there's Sometimes. there's a lot of jobs out there that yeah. online you can learn yourself. Yeah, and, and you don't need a piece of paper for it at yeah. school or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and the, the thing that I actually really like when I what I saw about the the internet, other than like access to knowledge, right? Don't have to go to a school, don't have to get accepted in, and right or whatever. Was also um, you can be any niche because now there's no you know when I was thinking like my brother who's produces music and I was like you don't have to get picked up by a, a label you know mm -hmm. when SoundCloud first came out like everyone was just putting their music all producers just putting their music out on that thing and my brother uh, who's, who's an actor he um, he would do like these like these kind of short videos on YouTube and I remember saying you know how many like the you're literally a TV station and you can broadcast it to the world and and watching people take out the and this is like goes back to like the, the hacker mentality mm -hmm. where there's no middleman, hmm. you know, there's no gatekeeper. And yes, you know, regulation, stuff like that, obviously there's there's a happy medium between just absolute freaking, you know, freedom and, and, and everything's kind of like locked down to, I was like, man, so if you like, I don't know, um, red buttons on cardigans, that's your thing. And you just talk about that and show red buttons on different cardigans <laughs> from around the world and you do a like a, a, an Instagram account. You have the opportunity and the potential to live your life exactly like a red button cardigan uh, influencer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you can monetize that, which now their company is like, oh, do you, do you want a payment system? Do you want to be able to take uh, credit card payments, or do you want us to mm. collect some donations for you in Patreon, or do you want us to use Stripe to like? Now they're all like, we're here to help you, and mm. you don't have to go. Oh, I'm going to apply to the bank. I remember applying for. A credit card when I first got out of uh, uni and getting declined. Oh yeah, yeah, because I didn't have any credit. I didn't have any debt. I didn't have any credit history. And mm. I remember my my mate, obviously, and I was like, hmm, he's Balangi, and he went and he's like, oh, did you get? Oh, and he had like three credit cards. And I was like, where'd you? I said, but you, I know you're in debt because you've like defaulted on some like yeah. high purchase. And I was like, how come I didn't? You know, and I was like, man, if I leave it up to the 
so this is where I obviously, you know, because uh, why I really kind of like, you know, when I, I idealize the, the hacker mentality and, and machines is stuff like that where there's a person that has to decide something and then it's, th- it's up to them whether I get the card or not, right? Mm. Well, they might say, oh, that's what the, that's what the, we just put it in the system and it said this. I said, well, then how come, how does this all forget? Like three <laughs> credit cards. And I know that he's, his, his credit's bad. That and also the, the other, my, the other thing that grinds my gears is the, uh, remember the, the prepay, uh, and this is like, I guess, before the credit cards at the, at the petrol stations. And I remember, like, <clears throat> I would always go to this uh, mobile in, in Point Chev, and I'd go over to see my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and fill up. I always fill up my car, fill up my car. And then every now and then, it'd be like, I'd go to fill up, and it's like, hey, you know, get the, the intercom guy. Hey, it's uh, prepay. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and I go in, and I was like, I've, I always fill up. And they're like, nah, it's, uh, it's prepay. And I was like, <laughs> can you turn the thing? And I was like, holy prepay for me and then watching other people mm. just like get their don't you know get the, yeah, yeah don't get the prepay one don't get like, the Instagram yeah yeah screaming <laughs> so you so as soon as i saw the credit card thing and i was like yeah that fucking time i don't want a person to mm. judge me when i'm going to fill up i said the only thing you should judge is do i have money the end don't look at me don't talk to me you know just like take my money <laughs> and i'll take the goods but having to go through that whole profiling when you just to get you know just to get petrol it's just it's tiring you know it's one that's like man i'm just trying to it's been a day i don't have to fight for a petrol that i want to pay for you know just shit like that man that's why i was like man let the machines come man but then obviously i don't want the machines having the like you're saying like the unsolved uh Mm. uh, societal issues just baked into baked into the to the tech yeah man it's like man I've I've learned tonight, mm. right? Like, just there's this thing when if if something's new, it's probably you need another version next year mm. for it to get better. You know how they have 100%. like 1.0, 2.0, because mm. there's updates. Yeah, every yeah. software needs updates because yeah. oh we found a bug. Yeah, so we need to wait for another update. Yeah, and then you know. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So we we have a thing in our office, like because we have the software, we subscribe to the software for our work mm. that gets renewed every year. A uh, brand new version comes every single year. Yeah, and um, we don't download it until the year after. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Wait till the updates happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't want the bugs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's the same as ChatGPT, man. Like yeah. this is a big bug. Yeah, yeah. We have to wait until yeah. it gets better and better. You yeah, know? exactly. Like so, techno- that's how technology works, eh? It comes out first, yeah. like the first iPad. Yeah. Or the PlayStation One. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh shit. Yeah. But now it's PlayStation Five. That's man. Yeah. It's upgraded hard. Like yeah, exactly. even TVs, you know. So you get it. So everybody see this is the thing. It's it's that kind of education. Everybody gets it because you've already been through this. Like this isn't this isn't a new paradigm mm. thing. You know, it's literally. If you understand like software, like the first version is usually the shit version. We used to crack up because I mean, um, the way like uh, Microsoft used to come out with um, with stuff, you know, and we were like, the the, the in joke is um, that they just release it. So obviously, uh, when you have software developers, you have software testers, and obviously they cost money. Uh, it would be quicker to just release it, and then millions of people go, hey, this is a bug. And like, yeah. oh, yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, thanks. And they just <laughs> collect it and cost you, you know, yeah. or just a cynical way of looking at it. It's like, that's how they do their bug program is mm. like they just release it and then that's why you never, never get the first version, right? Mm. You just wait for it. Like the people who like line up and go and get the first 
iPhone or whatever. He's yeah. like, yeah, that's going to need an update as soon as you, or like that's going to, they're all going to find a flaw in that kind of thing. But yeah, no, exactly. We all know it. Yeah. It's in front of us. But we never identify when it comes to stuff like ChatGPT, mm. you know, because it's the latest thing. We don't understand it. So, oh, I must be right every single time. You know? The marketing. This is what I'm saying. The marketing, yeah. yeah. It tries to tell you this is something new. It's not new, right? Like it's a new product, but it's not a new, like the whole, mm. the whole, the thing of it is, is exactly what you've already experienced. So you already know. Mm. But as soon as we say, you know, now you're going to, uh, now you're going to behave differently. Right? Like, oh, it's different. It's software, right? Mm. And like all software, first version is going to be shit. And then you're going to get a lot of feedback. And then, you know, yeah. Uh, do you remember the chatbot? I think it was like a Twitter bot called Tay, and I think it was Microsoft's thing into like AI. <laughs> what was that about? <clears throat> so basically, they're like, they're like, "Oh, hey, talk to me." I'm like, you know, like almost like simulating a real person. Uh. But obviously, like if you release it to the internet, all that like all the hackers will go at it, right, and try and figure out how to not how to break it, but how to send it um, words in a way to make it do something that it wasn't designed to do. So it was a big story because I think with, within 24 hours, a bunch of people had made it be um, a Nazi, anti-Jew, like racist, <laughs> anti-black thing and just spew all this kind of stuff out, eh? And I was just like, you got to love the internet for like, hey man, because... You know, Is that hackers? Hackers doing that? Or just, oh, yeah, definitely like, because they were just like, because anytime like, you know, hackers, I don't, anytime they see something, like that, they just think... Hey, can, I wonder if we can make it. Like they always, like they don't go. Oh, I wonder what it does. Mm. Nah, they, they, <laughs> that's boring. That's what everyone's doing. They're like, they always go. I wonder if I can make yeah, it yeah. do something else. It's like, have you even just used it as is? Nah, nah, that's boring. Let, let me let me see what I can do. And you just watch them just like send it a bunch of stuff or try and find a back end endpoint. It's mm. yeah, nah, it's super interesting that way. <laughs> you know, so I'm talking about like how technology changes mm. and always get the best versions. Mm. Like always. I have these conversations at work with with my with my colleagues when we go out to uh, morning tea. Um, it's like, do you remember back in the days when we had technology, when we used to do our work back in the 90s? Mm. With the software we had back then, right? The production was X. Mm. Fast forward to nowadays, technology's advanced mm. a lot. Our production is X times 10. Mm. But we're still working nine to five. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. technology supposed to like be more efficient and because twenty years from now mm. we're still going to be working nine to five and the production will be X times twenty. Yeah, one hundred. Oh, one hundred. Mm. When does it stop? What what's what part of the equation can you think that's in there that's making that the the like uh, making it so? Because remember technology, and yeah. I said technology doesn't build itself. And technology, human, human part of it. The human yeah. part of it. That's why. Does it, does it stop when the AI takes over the job? <clears throat> I would, I would hope so. I would hope that we live a different, like you know, if we say like we build an AI that's fair and you know, it's like, hey man, like you actually a benevolent AI that you want the best for all humans, wealth distribution, all that kind of stuff. People are, and it's going to, you know, communist or whatever. It's like no, 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 just like normal humans. Every human has um, can follow their passions, have a house get food, like it's not that, it's not super difficult. And I'm, I'm sure like if you get an AI, you go, why has that person got $500 billion and that person's stuff? It doesn't make any sense to the AI because it's like, that's un, it's so excessive. Mm. It, like you can't do anything with that. And so they're like, well, if you just make a system or a society where it's like, hey, I want to do universal basic income and everybody like 
can pay their can pay their way and then start pursuing passions and, and interests and stuff like that. And then mm. that's your contribution to society, not something a computer can do. So the thing that I always say is like, if if that's the um, oh the pandemic, that's the, the the thing I was going to bring up because for years. Can't work from home. Can't work from home. Can't work from home. Then all of a sudden, everybody's working from home, mm. and it wasn't a problem, you know. And then suddenly, they were like, "Oh, actually, yeah, productivity." All the same researchers are like, "Oh, how's everyone? Like, you know, what's the heartbeat of the market or the economy?" Oh, actually, yeah, it looks like it is pretty good. You know, mm. people well, are we can save power. Yeah, we can, we can, we can save office space. Yeah, yeah, all <laughs> of that, right? And then suddenly, now they're trying to bring everyone back in because the humans are back in mm. in charge, right? So it's almost like, you know, I always think of like the the, the joke around the uh, pandemic because like it's like nature because you know I, half the time I get annoyed um, at humans. I go, man, we're like a we're like a virus on this earth. You know, we don't live with nature and, and and all the different species and live within our means and all that kind of stuff, so that we can enjoy all sorts of different species and and, and our environments and have it last forever. We're just burning through it and then rockets and all this kind of kind of bullshit and and I just kind of think like that's the that's the part of the equation you know the humans is always part of that equation that that's kind of like you know bring us back to the office why are we coming back to the office and half the time I was like oh it's because one middle managers that's that's obviously that's 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 a thing in corporate but like because they needed to get their uh real estate investments and I was like oh you're gonna you know, because they've got these all these empty offices and stuff. Right. Yeah, right. and obviously it's an ecosystem because then offices and then the businesses around it, the cafes and stuff that uh, you know that people um, go to. But you also hear the human interaction kind of thing, right? We, we miss we miss out on that, and humans mm. need to see other humans. That's in yeah. and, and like how much I'm, that is. Yeah, is in the decision. Yeah. As well, because I know in my company it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we were in the design kind of thing, and we can't yeah. really do it over, over the phone and over the computer screen. Yeah, yeah. No, th- it's the collaboration the, part of my work yeah. needs to be next to. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah, 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 yeah. drawing stuff. So the thing is, like, the way I, because as a tech person, I've I've been working from home since twenty eleven, right? Always, there's always been a component of my a job where I can just like stay home and and work from there. When I got into contracting, literally the only times I'd come into the office is when I needed to collaborate with somebody because I knew it would be faster to do it that way. Mm. So obviously, I'm an adult. I understand you know, part of my job, whatever. That, But then I w- it would be to my discretion to use it like like an adult, right? It's the, the mandate for getting everybody, you know, returned to office. And then you go, well, that kind of doesn't make sense. I remember, like, especially with at Amazon when that kind of went out and I was just like, well, it doesn't make sense for solution architects because we need to be with um, customers, and so the, the I guess the the rule of thumb for solution architects is if you're in the office uh, more than three times, you're not doing your job because you're actually not supposed to be in the office. You're supposed to be out and about with your mm-hmm. with your customer or your partners and stuff, right? <clears throat> and so like salespeople, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why doing here? You yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What are you doing in the office? Right? Yeah. <laughs> And that's, the, and that's the thing, you know. And so, yeah, that whole return to office thing, I was like, ah, oh, you know, people just, obviously, it's a spectrum, right? There's people who are like, you know, very nuanced and it was granular. You guys come in. So I know my team got the, none of you guys are exempt. You guys don't, we don't expect you in the office. Mm-hmm. But obviously people who work in teams that need to like write software, need to collaborate quite closely mm-hmm. and it goes faster, like the software engineers. And yeah, they got all the, they got told to come back to the office. But then you're like, okay, that makes sense. And yeah, I get it. Like I'm, <clears throat> It's much of a 
geeked, stay home geek as, as I am, I, I do know the, you know, it's valuable to get, you know, um, human time, FaceTime, mm. right? So that's that's definitely um, important. It's when it's like, it's when you can't do it that it becomes quite unhealthy, right, mm. for, for a lot of people. But I guess given the circumstances, it was like a trade-off of the, the lesser evil and see if we're going to survive, you know? Yeah, the, the COVID lockdowns was definitely uh, a change in work life. Uh, like yeah, yeah. <coughs> made people see what they have to do and then, oh, we can actually do this, or stuff like that. Yeah. But then, you know, when it's funny because, you know, I don't know if it's the younger generation, but, you know, they sort of expect to work from home, you know, <laughs> kind of thing, or they have that work-life balance. And yeah, I think yeah. that's what it's all about, the work-life balance. Yeah. Like, because because you throw in mental health as well. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. and burnout. Yeah, yeah. Burnout's another one. Yeah. Like and you and you, and you also throw what I I what I found out about myself mm. was that when during lockdown, I was like a I'm a morning person. Oh, okay. Like I wake up early. Yeah. And my brain's ticked on like yeah, I yeah, do yeah. my work, you know, I'm I'm till lunchtime. Yeah. And then after lunch come back I'm sort of dozing off. So yeah, 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 yeah. my product my my production drops, mm. especially from three o'clock to yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three to five, you know, yeah, drops yeah. and just count me out. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But then I go home, have dinner, have a little rest. Then my brain turns on again. Mm. About six o'clock onwards to midnight. I can work all the way to midnight. Like I'm, on, so, and I think people are different. Yeah, pe- yeah, pe- yeah. People are opposite. Yeah. And I think the nine to five doesn't is like a blanket thing, yeah. right? It doesn't take into account yeah. the, the productivity that the human, different humans will have over. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think that's a real thing. Yeah, and I think COVID lockdown has taught taught a lot of people that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What their actual kind of working yeah. pattern was. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if companies can take advantage of that, or mm. if they learned that you know, or the psychology behind it. I don't know. Or we've just worked nine to five for so long. Yeah. Like someone back in the days, oh nine to five, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then we just ran off that until now. And yeah. Like, but with technology, yeah, you know. I like to think technology allows us not to worry about the nine to five thing. It's yeah. It's the production. It's all about, about production. Yeah. And if we're doing X times ten now, which was we did X ten mm. years ago, then that's a lot of production yeah. times ten. Yeah. And technology's gonna change next year. It's gonna be times twenty probably next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I understand like, okay, when does that stop? Until we burn out or we just get more work. Yeah. yeah we just yeah. get more work and more work. Yeah. You know, with chat GBT comes in, now people are writing reports now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the click of a button. Yeah. So then what happens the rest of the day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not spending a couple of hours writing reports, you know? Now they want 10 reports. Now they want, and now they want 10 reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't want 10 reports like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> see, it's not going to stop until AI comes and takes over. Then yeah. what happens to us? Then, you know, there's a question about universal income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Or does the AI take over our selves? Mm. So the AI makes makes money for us, and we stay home, and we get the money. Maybe that's the other alternative. Because what I think about is, because I love doing this, right? Mm. I'd rather do this than work, right? Hundred <laughs> percent, right? I'd rather yeah. do this every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what I love. Yeah. If I was AI, took over my job. Yeah. Then what I'm gonna do? This. This. Yeah. But how am I gonna get paid? I've got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Universal income. Yeah. Or does my AI that took over me and my job? Yeah. Does he make money for me? Is that the system? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't see tax yeah. doing the universal income for half the population of the world. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. It's just I'm just out there with my thinking. But no, no, no. That's and that's the way. The 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 thing is, is like um, when you started it with, um, you know, like 
we're like X and then X10, right? But we're still working nine to five. And you can see the, the pattern of what's actually holding, what's not changing. And it's us, like mm. it's it's the way we're, we're not keeping up with the, I guess with the changing paradigms that's happening in front of us, right? Mm. That's why like it, um, it threatens a lot of people when, uh, when people talk about universal basic income and you, and you hear a generation of people talking about what people deserve. Mm. And, you know, like uh, the people that are anti um, write off the student loans. And like, why are you anti writing off the student loans for the kids now? Because I had to pay mine off. What's that got to do with anything? Well, mm. now you're like, well, do they deserve what? Now it's a morality judgment rather than an efficiency judgment, you know? Mm. If we talk about like the good of all of society, then is nine, nine to five, why? Because you're used to it? Like they should not hold back. Like if there's a better way of doing something, we should all we should all be doing that, mm. right? Yeah. And so if like what's what's holding it back from like oh hey like you know if we because like when, when when the whole uh, AI is going to take over all the jobs and so we're going to get a whole bunch of people that are unemployed and going to be on the benefit and blah blah blah. And I was like, you've just talked about this whole new way of existing and thinking about our existence. And yet you're shoving that into the 1970 madman, you know, world. It's it's crazy to think that you're not changing everything. And what's and so if the AI is going to come and do everything that needs to be done, grow and um, uh, grow the crops, harvest the crops, package them up, send them into send them into the supermarkets. We all get an allowance, tokens or whatever, to say, mm-hmm. okay, there's a family of four. So you can go and get like this is what you can get for for the for like the tokens or whatever mm. because that's essentially like we 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 agreed at the beginning of this like money cryptocurrency it's all made up because because it is it, it's um I think uh, Yuval Noah Harari who writes uh, Sapiens mm. he talks book that one oh yeah when he talks about the uh, we just it's a it's a story that we all agree mm. we all agree that this is ten dollars it's literally a a color p- piece of paper <laughs> yeah. that's it. What what's this ten dollars kind of thing? Mm. It's all you know, like you know, linked to the gold standard, all that kind of stuff, right? But we all agreed to that story. That's why it has any any power at all. Because the minute we all stop believing it, it's literally toilet paper, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, when I think about the AI thing, I always think, why are we all like chasing this thing for like chasing this life for for money to do what? Mm. You know, people go, oh man, I want to make all this money, and then I'll travel. And you see, like all these old people traveling in their retirement and you know you see like the buses come and i think uh, there's a lot of sore hips and knees and stuff in there and i was like you know don't you want to travel when you're young oh but i need to make money when i'm young so you're like you're you're tossing up this thing where you're like living life Mm. and think about a a a life well lived think about how many experiences and insights you can get out of that life but they're connected to this capitalist system right Mm. that's the system that we work in that's just the reality of it right like i'm not saying Capitalism, like it's just that's the system we got. We don't have a better one than that that I'm aware of, and not that I know everything, but that's the system we got. So we've got to work with it. But that's the trap that we're also in as well. The Western world will tell you that's the system we got, and probably the best system we have, like at the moment. Yeah. So until we find something better, yeah. This is at least we're not killing each other from yeah, the yeah, system. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, when you look at how like globalization right like mm. the, the the post-world war ii whole you know like okay we're gonna we need to all like agree to stuff so we don't like blow each other up but the thing is like you know, when i see the ai thing i and people are like oh they're gonna i was like well we need to change the for me i'm like change why we need jobs in the first place why do we need those jobs 
because people need purpose. People have purpose, and it's not necessarily their jobs, you know? So imagine if we're all free because it's like, again, it's like we just agree to exchange value for this house or the power or any other stuff. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're all going to get lucky and have somebody who's like, man, I love digging, um, like, like digging holes and, and, and power poles and stuff like that. Yeah. But again, that could be a robot, you know, laying all like the, you know, like the, the pipes and, and electricity, all that kind of stuff. You know, if we can get all the robots to do all that manual stuff, then what are we, what are we left with other than just being human? And then, okay, you are going to explore wherever this takes you. So imagine having no pressure of like you know, feeding yourself or keeping the lights on. And now you're free to like, like let your imagination and your work ethic run wild, mm. you know. So imagine, imagine how many of those people we would have, and then imagine that contribution because obviously you're not going to make a podcast and then just watch it yourself and leave it here. You're going to share it with the world. An artist who's like, oh man, I'm going to try this, out. and you know maybe we try some art and we suck, and then we can try something else and then find the stuff. And I always think about the contribution. What's your contribution to back to the world to make you make you know like like this conversation? Everything that I've ever read, everything that I've talked to somebody and someone has taught me, now we're talking about it, and it colours the way I colours like it's the the output that we're getting here. And if I didn't, but I had to take you know I'm gonna say a sacrifice, but like that was time that I spent, um, not mining, but like um, absorbing and getting all that knowledge and the information that's that's here now. So imagine if I was like there was no friction on that for anybody to go out and then every single person that you talk to from there would be super interesting right mm. yeah see what what you're describing is not scary mm. and you know it's it's the negative things that come out of ai taking over the jobs mm. and what's everyone else gonna do mm. oh my gosh damn it's gonna be you know yeah yeah doom and gloom for everybody you yeah. know but it doesn't have to be like that yeah i mean why can't we do what we love like why can't we sit back and think? Okay, now I can do what I love to do. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be watch movies or talk about it or podcast yeah. or whatever it is, like yeah, just do it. Yeah, and have yeah, like you said, no pressure. Yeah, and doing stuff. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny the arguments against today when people say, oh, oh then we're all just going to be like fat, lazy, useless oh. piece of shit, right? And <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> and I remember I listened to uh, Noam Chomsky. You know the, you know, he's like a old school like, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's amazing, man. I love uh, read a few of his books. And he's been like, man, because he's an anarchist, eh? and so I like the, the anarchist ideology. Because everyone thinks it's like wreck everything. It's like, no, nah, that's not what it is at no, all. Like, that's like the book. Kind yeah, of yeah. It's just yeah. But authority. They're like, we shouldn't just all like abdicate our authority to somebody just randomly. When we find authority, it's just like the whole like, okay, cool. Like you're going to help us out and blah blah. But then everyone just like does what you're supposed to do, right? You know what's what's right, or what's just, or whatever. But anyway, he's. He mentioned this thing about a universal some journalist uh, pressed on universal basic income and how it would all just turn into like, you know, lazy fat shits kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and he was like, well, if you think about um, we're human beings, right? When a kid is, when a baby is born, it grows and it gets curious and like it doesn't have to walk. You can carry it everywhere, but it decides itself that it, no, it wants to explore and discover and do stuff because it's that's innately built into it mm. so all the stuff that we're talking about is like all the i guess all the, the baggage that like you know that that gets attributed to your human person oh yeah that's what you're going to do because that's what humans that's what humans will do if they're if they're just left to leisure and he's like nah we'll explore like i remember taking eight months off of work after i got so after my first contract i made enough money that i took uh eight months off work and i just sat at home in, in my underwear 
And uh, I remember saying this, I went, oh, what are you doing next? I said, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good for a little while. I, don't, I need a break. You know, this is after I voted for and I went to this, this, this gig. And they're like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to sit on, the, on my couch in my underwear. <laughs> and I did that. I did that for, I think, a, a month. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it was like one of those things. Just watch movies. I just like, you know, just, just ate a whole bunch of stuff. Eventually, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting bored now. Mm, yeah. And in three months, I sat three different AWS uh, certificates. I just studied for them, like, during the, during the day. Watched the movies, hung out with some mates, and then came back, and then I was like, I had to do a little bit more study. And then I sat three exams in three months and got three certs. And, mm. I, and, and all the years previously, it was hard to kind of, like, get one cert a year. And I got three and three. And I was like, because if I'm left to my own devices and I don't have to make any money, yeah, I'm gonna be a fat shit for you know for a month. But mm. the, your natural human curiosity and boredom is gonna make you go, oh, I'm just gonna do something interesting. Yeah. So imagine the whole world of of that and and kind of get off this whole. We're all gonna be lazy fat shits. And I was like, no, we're human beings, man. I well, see people can argue. People can argue. Up the people on social welfare, they don't do nothing. They just bombs, just bombs, drink everything, you know. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, because that's the pressure. Yeah. We t- what we're talking about, we're taking away the pressure. Yeah, exactly. And when there's no pressure, you will know yeah. when you're bored. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll think, oh, man, I want to do this. This is boring. Yeah. And you go. Yeah, you go. You know? Yeah. Because I think, yeah, it's a human thing. I mean, we're talking about human stuff here. Yeah. Like, we need stuff. Yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to be doing stuff. We like, explore, we travel. We, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we invent shit. Exactly. It's just a normal, yeah, it's normal. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't know, you'll you'll soon find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'll soon do something. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is, you're going to do something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you won't say, sit still. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I often uh, think <laughs> how closer to the stars we'd be if we didn't have this, all this fucking stupid shit, you know? <laughs> you know what I think? Because, like, the, the, it's funny because when people, you know, when I kind of rant about racism, sexism, and, and all the other isms kind of thing, it's not... There's, yeah, there's a there's a like a, a justice to it, right? Hundred percent. But then I also think of the efficiency, the efficiency of like existing in a society where we just have to fucking do a whole bunch of dumb shit because oh you're in power, therefore blacks have small brains. And like I said, well, how about you know or, or everyone that they're fucking bombing in Gaza, right? Mm. And I was like, all these human beings had a contribution, so we don't know who we lost out of all of the you know I guess I guess diverse gene pools of, of possible arts or math or all these kinds of things mm. that could have helped us get to the stars. We could have been like, you know, okay, cool, man, we've figured out how to actually like fly and, um, you know, I guess colonize other planets, just all, all this kind of shit. And we're just doing dumb shit from the 60s and 70s or just some legacy shit from some, mm. you know, some, some bullshit imperialism from back in the day, which it's history and we know that. It's, it's the... It's the lack of drive to like go, hey man, yeah, it's not super efficient. It only works for a tiny few. Why don't we try and dismantle it and move it to something else? And that's why, I'm, you know, all of the stuff that's like, oh, yeah, you're all going to be bums, blah, blah, blah. You always, you always look at um, what you saying it, you know. It's always the people that think they've got something to lose. Mm. It's like the, you know, I get the, the OK Boomer thing, even though I'm like, am I a boomer? I'm not sure what year that cuts off at. Because I, I kind of get the... I don't get, I'm not even down with the kids, but I get this generation of not, our generation was all like status. I remember because we all like had to be the man and the money and, you know, the, mm. the car and all that kind of stuff, even if you're in debt or whatever, because that was all important. Status was yeah. how we had value to each other, right? That's where the latest origin genes. And- yeah. Oh, we were all doing it, you know, borrowing each other's shit. Starter jackets. Yeah. <laughs> Are they coming back or? 
but, but you know but they the, you know they say like this next generation they don't they don't care about that stuff so it's mm. kind of hard to relate to them if you go you should work hard why well because you need to and then i was like well it doesn't fit f- with their mentality because that's our mentality you know oh you know you know you're not making six figures or you're not doing this or you're not in a, like a, a big house then what to the kids it's like then you're not in the house to us it's like well you're a loser or mm. like you know you're not successful or whatever whatever our generation are always because that was put into us by our parents eh? you better go out there and be someone and come all the way from the islands to like you know what you just throw it away kind of thing yeah the the younger generation in my work like i've noticed that they're not afraid mm. to leave <laughs> you know it's like they take a job for granted like, yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah like they don't like something they'll oh no i'm gonna go i'm not gonna work here I'm yeah re- resign you know yeah, yeah he's yeah. like that yeah yeah like they're not scared to they're not afraid well, it's not a status thing. Well, like, oh man, how are you gonna make? Yeah, like they're not. They, they, they don't care about like obviously like my my boys have got like kids and stuff, and because I just had my first kid now, so he's what, thirteen weeks, mm-hmm. um, and so all of my boys from like like high school they've got like teenagers and stuff now, and they were like, man, Ron, you got to talk to you know you know he's you know, he's doing this, he's doing that, and I was like, man. I don't think that's like that. Oh man, they don't work hard. They got no initiative. All this kind of stuff. I said, man, that sounds like our generation. That's what we expect. Man, this guy's got no. He doesn't anticipate anything. He's not thinking. You know, no, these guys are just like, oh, that's. Oh well, I guess I'm a loser. You know, like you know, we're like, we, I'm not a loser. I'm not lame. And these kids are like, yeah, I guess I'm a loser. They don't. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, who cares? Like? Yeah, yeah, who cares? And he's like, I guess oh, I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just move on. Yeah. Yeah, fight someone and they yeah, call yeah. you a loser. You know? You're lame. You want to see some lame? Yeah. <laughs> so no, nah, and I just I think that's one. I think that's kind of freeing, but also I think it's because of man. I, I how do you think we would go if we grew up in the state that, that they kind of grew up in? You know, as in like, um, <clears throat> and they say this like you know, job market as you know, job market for one for people starting out, not for us. Like you know, I think once you've got some, especially in tech, once you've got some experience. We're not worried about you know, anybody at my level. If you get laid off, literally not not worried mm. about catching another six figure job. It's just because they're out there, right? And I just think about the the kids trying to get the experience, trying to get into these places that they don't feel like we can play the corporate game because it's it's almost still feels the same as like the nineties or the mm. whatever. But if these kids don't, that's not their vibe. But they're trying to get in there for, and those opportunities aren't there. I'm gonna say they can't get anywhere unless they're be being taught it. Mm. teacher or in class yeah yeah, yeah. you know they i think life skills is like out the window it doesn't matter to them yeah like learning the fundamentals but where did they get that though like where did they the like, ipad yeah what well, ipad think, the yeah, devices yeah. you know this is what because we didn't grow up on no. steering at a device no, right? we played outside on the trees yeah, got yeah, hurt yeah 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 ride our bikes yeah. and stuff like that fought each other like you know yeah the down the block. <laughs> like yeah you know, like oh that's how those that's how that relationship works yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's just the norm now, you know. Yeah. If you have kids these days, straight in the iPads, uh, the the babies are. Yeah. You know, so this is the kind of stuff that Tony Lau Lau mm. talks about, huh? Like, yeah. But you know, it's hard to to stop it. You know, it's yeah. Plus, parents live busy lives now. Like, there's no more than one income like back in the days. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I was lucky. My, both my parents work, but you know, yeah. my friends they had one parent working, and they're okay. It was yeah, like. Yeah. Three parents were working yeah. these days, like with one parent, you know. Oh, these days, yeah. even two parents working and you're yeah. still poor, you know. Well, and that's part of the whole thing with, um, I mean, have you, I guess, been aware of, I guess, at least the last five or six years, the whole um, 
getting more Pacifica into technology. You know, Maori and Pacifica, we want them in like the technology sector, and there's been a big drive and that. Well, oh, that's been your thing for a number of years now, eh? Like yeah, you've got that class. There's still doing those classes. Yeah, well, we um, do it in Emmerdale. Oh. I do it in, uh, with Calston boys and Calston girls. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've moved to like the 14 to 16 year old oh, kids. Yeah, older, yeah. older. Kids. Yeah, yeah. You're so just using up to 12, something? Yeah, well, I, was, I was using 8 to 12 because that's the curriculum for the mm. for like the code clubs. But um, yeah, now, now we're doing it with them because we, we saw when we were doing we we're doing code club out at Efakasa, out in um, Mount Roscoe. And I remember, like, um, the kids that came were, um, you know, obviously because it's church, so they just, like, get all the kids to come. And we were like, hey, man, it's, uh, 8 to 12. They had um, some, like, 15, 16-year-old uh, kids there who yeah. were, like, went to, like, ags and stuff. And I asked them, like, oh, what are you guys going to do? Like, are you going to go to university or whatever? And so, and they were really into it. And I was like, man, it would be, and, and that's the turning point where actually, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a junction for them to make a decision to, like, maybe do... Uh, look at IT for tertiary, you know, and so we're like, oh, maybe we focus on that because the eight to twelve is is really the planting seed kind of range, you know, and it's mm-hmm. gonna grow over time, and then you, know, you harvest it later on. Whereas if you catch them and and possibly influence them at that stage of like fourteen, sixteen, then they can kind of like start actually looking into right. getting into like a, a some kind of tech uh, training after after high school. But yeah. It, the reason, the funny thing is, is like, and I always say this to like the community um, organizations that I work with, because I'm not a, like, I wasn't a selfish guy, but you know, up until like 2015, 2016, I'm just a, I'm a career tech person. So I'm just like, the tech, cool. Money, cool. That's it. I'm not a, and I always say that I'm not a community person. I'm not one of these like savior, big heart guys, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's just that I was just like, man, I've been in the game. I think by that stage I was been in the game about fifteen years, and I was like, "We're the Islanders." And then I always, you know, and the stories on on TV and in the paper are always the same. It's always the same demographic. And meanwhile, I've you know, I've owned like expensive. No, I'm not like boiling rich, <clears throat> but I've been rich enough to travel and buy heaps of toys, cars, bought a house, that kind of stuff, you know. And then I was like, and that's just because tech. That's it. Not because I'm like a business mogul or anything. It's just literally just a tech salary. Mm. <clears throat> I think it, it was in the paper earlier this year. Highest paid job being the architect. Mm. Um, the computer architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty up there. And yeah. especially if you work for a, like a big company like, mm. like Amazon, right? Or, or Microsoft or, or mm. a Google. Because they can afford to just buy out all the best talent, right? Because it was about the highest paid job, not only in the business, not being the CEO or anything. Mm. Job like yeah. you, highest paid worker. Yeah, and it was the tech architect. This is what I say to to people in you know who are coming into tech is like the thing with engineering is like a lot of people jump over to manager to get there to bump start getting their salaries up, but in engineering you can keep going up and you you get a level of influence as you go through. So you'd be like a senior engineer, and then it'll be principal, and then distinguished. So you you know those are those are the the higher levels. And they make as much money because it's like the same levels as the managers. So you get the salaries and the influence because if you're like a like a senior or a principal engineer, they will take your opinion because it's it's quite valuable in on the on the project or on the direction of the thing, right? But at the same time, I don't manage anybody. And that's the only thing I said. I said I make as much I think for my current role, 
when I was negotiating it, and this is the other thing that I wanted like Basvika to learn how to negotiate. Like, you know, after you get the, the job offer, the negotiation part is you have to be pretty ruthless in there, right? Mm. But if you don't understand the, like all the different tricks and stuff that they they do, you're gonna they're gonna play you. And so I remember I got it to the point where yeah, my the, the recruiter guy that, that put me on for this job when I was talking to the the AWS person, he was like, Man, he goes, Uzo, we're in CTO um uh bracket now and I was like, Yeah, I don't give I know I see that guy taking a rocket to the fucking moon. You think this is a drop in the ocean for yeah. that dude, you know? <laughs> so, I was, so I was just like, no, nah, man, just keep pushing. Because they, they can always say no. And then, and I was like, or they could always go find another um, Basvika solution architect, like a senior solution architect. And I can tell you there's n- not many of those around, right? Mm. And so he's like, <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah, I know, I know. So he goes, you got all the leverage. And that's why I like leveraged for like the like the like the I guess my total conversation that I've got now, mm. and I don't I'm not a manager, that's the thing. Mm. So I was just I'm a, what they call IC individual contributor. But obviously I'm at a level of influence where they expect you to be like okay you're senior enough to have some initiatives, figure some stuff out. Like we don't have to tell you. I said yeah of course, I'm autonomous. You give me a scope. You we we sit down and talk about like what kind of outcome we want, and then I go figure it out. You know, I write a document. I come in, like, socialize it. I, you know, I, I track down different people, talk to, like, that's all, that's what you'd expect from somebody like that. But I'm not a manager. I don't have to, like, uh, performance review anybody or, like, you know, mm. do anyone's fucking pay, pay reviews or anything like that. It's just, like, I'm just a normal worker. Yeah. Mm. And that's what that article was talking about. Yeah. I paid worker in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tech architect. You know, with, um, with the kids coming through, yeah, like, yeah. man, have have you seen anyone back in the days just pushing that, going towards where you want the kids to go these days? No, well, <clears throat> have you, like, kept up with ex students or ex kids that come through. Nah, and and that's uh, I guess that's uh, we still have all their like their contact details because we got them to sign up on mm. our like Google form. But that's something me and Rhea talked about. Of, like, oh man, I wonder where those kids are now. It's I don't think sad's the word, but it's uh, I guess a little bit mm, regret. No, I kind of feel uh, some type of way about like uh, not being a, and and this is the thing that you know I was talking about how if it's meaningful to you, it it um, it affects you a little bit differently, mm. and so you kind of stretch yourself in a way that you're like, ah oh, man, that's not sustainable, but you want to because all these little brown kids that came through and. I would just get such a buzz out of them when you see their faces light up when they get, when they figure something out, right. and I can see them at their thing, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's the <laughs> that's the shit, man, right? That's cool, right? That's cool, right? And I'd I'd get like a little kid around them going, oh, hey, I made it work, and I was like, yeah, fuck, this is this is awesome, man. This is, and wanting to, even though like we were doing like one session or one to two sessions a week after work. Um, like me and Rhea I would like you know turn up and take all these kids and teach them all this stuff and we'd do them term in term out term in term out kind of thing and <clears throat> there was kids that wanted to come back and I was trying to find like fresh uh, projects for them and then just like all and I, and the thing is, is like when we moved from the school to our own place in, in Avondale and then some of those kids came but then that was like it was a little bit too far for them because they would just stay mm-hmm. out of school and you've and you must like, oh, can we do it at both places? It's like, yeah. hey, man, you've got a full-time <laughs> job. 
and you know because we leased we leased that place on our own so everything was just out of pocket for us you know bought mm. all the the laptops built them all myself run the whole internet and, and our networking in the in mm. that office space but it's cool because that's that's my jam anyway i'll do that just for shits and giggles right because yeah. it's tech right <laughs> but now the kids get to all like hey we're gonna play with all this stuff but it made me when i like oh man i feel like i'm letting those kids down that were there and i gave them a little bit of like oh this is cool and then what then i disappeared you know Mm-hmm. And then oh, I was like, oh man. And so I was trying to think of a way to not let any kids down, especially if I've shown them something cool mm. and shown them something. And I get the feedback from the parents who would either stay back afterwards or like would message us and say, man, like, you know, so and so is really into that. You know, they're thinking of, and I was like, fuck, man, that's, that's the shit right there, you know? And so that's the thing that would become hard. And Lamy Rev like talked about, like, oh man, I wonder what the hell are those kids doing? Because they were. And what's really cool is like um, the big thing in tech is like uh, it's not a lot of not a lot of girls in tech, right? Not a lot mm. of uh, women in tech. So that's the other diversity thing that they're trying to trying to fix. And you always hear like different just bullshit arguments of you know usually dudes uh, going, oh, they're just not tech minded or they're just not into it. Hundred percent, over fifty percent. When because we just put it over fifty percent of the students that that signed up and came to um, my code clubs were girls and the ones that smashed all like the projects the fastest were the girls yes there mm. was a few standout guys but the girls were always like man they were in there they read you know most of them <laughs> read the instructions you know <laughs> and the other thing that the, that the girls did that because I'm, I'm not an educator so i haven't like experienced this this is like an experiment for me right is got like you know groups of girls groups of boys and obviously they all like sit together when the girls are all given like the okay, here's the project we're working on today. The girls would all talk to each other. Oh, I'm I'm stuck. Oh, have you done this? And blah blah blah. The boys are all quiet. Mm. And I was like, man, these like these guys are like what nine, ten? So I'm like, it's just weird. And so and I'd be like, oh, are they smashing through it? And I'd go, hey man, you, you you're good. He's like, they're they're stuck on the first one, but they won't ask they won't ask each other for help. And then mm. they they won't ask like the the teachers for help. <laughs> and I was like. Hey, this is why we're all behind the school, <laughs> guys. Come on, man. You know, like talk to each other. You know, yeah. like, and I'm not sure if it's just a, a shame or just mm. like the they're not comfortable, whatever. Mm. But I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, girls know how to collaborate, so they just go faster. You mm. know, they're like, you know, egos aside or whatever that thing is, they don't have it. They're just like, oh yeah, oh I don't know how to do this. Oh I couldn't do that. And then oh no, this is how you do it. And obviously, like the the girl that got it will yeah. go. <laughs> but that's what I saw. Like like term in and term out. Over fifty percent were girls, and they loved it. And I was like, mm. "Yeah, and she's bullshit, man." The reason why there's not women here is because everyone's like, think of a whole bunch of geeks and nerds, right? Mm. So that's why I mean, I don't, th- I consider myself a geek. But obviously, I grew up with like Islanders and rugby players, and you know, I don't look like a dweeb, right? Mm. And so it's it's kind of just funny when you're like, okay, so obviously they don't know how to talk to girls. Obviously, they don't know like you know they've got all their kind of ways of thinking that's very like a male um, misogynistic, right? And mm. very sexist. And so that's that's not a like a fun environment to, you know, a welcoming environment to be in. And I'm not saying that like, okay, everyone's going to change and it's going to make it, because it's the same for Pasifika. I remember eating us by, um, I don't know, Tech Taranoa last year and we had a bunch of Pasifika come and done a panel and I got the question, how can companies, how can companies be more welcoming to speaker you know make a make it a safer and i was like not annoyed by that i'm I, not annoyed but i just been i think that's the wrong 
for me wrong thinking yeah the wrong behind th- that question yeah, yeah yeah and because i'm like that that thinking kind of like um it almost like um abdicates power to someone else mm. to 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 give you the opportunity mm. because the way i've i've you already bowed down on you yeah yeah <laughs> you're bowing down because i've been by my you know obviously like you know i haven't seen any other bus speaker so i've had to navigate this in a certain way that's got nothing to do with you being more accepting right mm. i have to figure out okay even if you're racist um one thing i said is like no we gotta we gotta make it so that our skills are undeniable so the skill is money to a, a corporation so they're like, oh can you do that because if you do that for us we make money mm. so if you're saying no to me based on whatever your bias or whatever then you're saying no to money and the one thing i know about corporation is Money generally wins the mm. argument, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that that's like the fundamental sort of way to get around the corporate world. Mm. To, uh, that's the basic understanding of it. Corporate wants to make money, yeah. wants to make a lot of money. Yeah, profit is king. Yeah, like what you're doing to contribute to that yeah. profit. Yeah, exactly. You're not and doing anything, and oh, now you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And next one, because yeah. yeah, there's gonna be always someone behind you, yeah. wanting your spot. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's mentality you're going to think eh? yeah. like what have you got to offer yeah yeah exactly all the time mm. and so that's why I was like nah man like you you need to empower yourself to play this game mm. to get in there and I'm not saying that don't do the work of like the, the system and the organisation changing but if I'm, I'm a, if I'm a betting man I'm gonna, I think we're going to all starve to death before the company changes in a way that's like you know do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. are you going to wait for that that's not that day's not coming very soon mm. Yes, things are improving. I think they've said, like, you know, overall, you know, um, life quality of life and all those kinds of things is much better than the super racist stuff that was back in the day, 100%. But it's a slow burn. And mm. unless you're just happy with just being an activist on the outside of the building and not getting paid or whatever, mm. then the thing that I kind of advocate for for young speakers is, like, come and learn the game. The people that will go to like Ministry of Education do like the the, the policy and the legislative stuff, hundred percent do that. That's your buzz. Advocating for Pasifika and changing those systems, hundred percent. Mm. I'm not that person, but I don't want to eat in twenty years' time. I want to eat now, mm. you know. And that's what I'm trying to tell them, mate. So I've always gone. Just make your skills. Make your skills undeniable. That's what I've said to anyone that I've mentored, because then at least you know that they're just throwing away money. But if they're like, if you're not valuable in a in a skills kind of way, anyway. Then they're not really, and they could be racist. And they're not really throwing away much value anyway, right? Mm. Yeah. But if they're throwing away value, that's different now. So, yeah. I always think the racism part comes with no. It's always been one race doesn't understand the other, mm. so it's easier to be. It's easy to put them down rather mm. than understand them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you understand them, then sort of gets the resolution gets gets better, and yeah. you you start to oh yeah okay I understand. Yeah. With um, like with, with with working for a company, like like we we're talking about before, like it's all about the the bottom line. Mm. Like sometimes, the bottom line overtakes the racism. Yeah, hey. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like yeah. have the I don't want to say greed, but have their motivation for look past that. Mm. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be racist on the job, but they're going to be like. They're gonna want the skills so much that they're just gonna be racist while they're paying you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's not like oh, you put up with racism mm. and stuff like that. Like, mm. That's not what I'm saying. But it's more like um, we're navigating like guerrillas, you know, like a like a, a guerrilla soldiers, you know. Mm. And it's 
we all just like learn the different t- tips and tricks and we teach each other how to navigate this thing because it's not like there's a if you look at like bus commute like uh, committees and stuff and they're, they're small in these in these places so do you think that we've got the numbers we don't have the numbers mm. and so they're, oh you know and 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 um what's the word um appealing appealing to a corporation's sense of um fairness like uh, for me i'm like ah oh, man that's a losing you know yeah like, like, that's not a for me I, and, and you know I, there could be people that play it correctly but that's not been my experience my experience mm. is the strong card is skills value money mm. it's like profit so as long as you're with if you're playing with those cards then you can make things move mm. appealing to people's sense of doing the right thing and stuff like that it can it can work today but I don't have a long-term view of that. You know, coming back to how you're saying we need more Pacific and tech, now Mm. we need more women. Like, Mm. I don't know if this is a good story for you to to hear, but I I remember because of my industry, I'm in I'm in the building industry, I'm in architecture. Mm. So it's uh, according to my boss when he was coming through university and coming into work, Mm. it was a boys' club. Yeah. There was no women, all males. Yeah. When I started, it was like sort of there's some women, mm. but now they're all women. Oh, okay. And I don't know what the why that is. Like, if there was a push down mm. in the school level to get more women into architecture, or oh, yeah. if it's just a design thing that women are better like doing art and design and yeah. that part of it. But yeah. a lot of women coming out of architecture school. Oh, nice. A lot. Yeah, yeah. So there's a change somewhere. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it was like a sexist thing back in the days when my boss was a kid. You know, yeah. like no woman have to be a secretary, yeah, 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 <laughs> that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. <clears throat> if that was the case, yeah. and you know, but man, uh, there's heaps of women, a lot of women in the in architecture now. Yeah, coming out of uni. So how? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure why that is, but there must be something. I've got to see you this. <clears throat> I've got to see this video, and I think it's uh, it's from a channel called I think it's called Think Big. And they have like um, I guess different um, I guess experts and researchers on there just um, giving a bit of a spiel about I guess an interesting thing about society and philosophy or psychology or history or something right and um, and it was a controversial well I say controversial but only because how kind of sensitive it is but this guy was basically just giving a little bit of a um, a lecture, I guess, because it's like a 20-minute video on why um, men should be should need need help in the current age, and it's actually it's actually um, not sexist towards them, but the they're the ones that need the help now. And obviously, everyone was like, "Hold on, they're the ones in power," blah blah, you know. And <clears throat> the thing that he went through, and he was going through all the stats of. Um, and, it was, and this, this is why it's kind of crazy when I talk about the, the code club with the, the boys and girls. So he was saying, um, as soon as we made things equal, the women thrived the most. Because now that like all the expectations and like the, the pathways into stuff was just like, okay, let's just make it like any, anyone who wants to apply, anyone who wants to study. And so he was saying that Women were obviously there's like they make up the most uh, university graduates, 
and then obviously they go on to earn and they you know and so they were essentially squeezing men out of the men out of the market but on merit right because it's like okay cool if, it, if it's an even playing field highest marks gets the a and best candidate most qualified candidate gets the job right that's the way it's that's the way we all kind of believe it used to work even though we know it's not <laughs> but the other thing that he was saying is like so that was like he goes so that's why um that's one like, factor yeah yeah that's one factor boys are dropping out of school they're not performing in school and they're not making it to tertiary and then obviously not getting like the higher and obviously when women get to that echelon you know that's a different one for going through the blue collar way and then trying to build up right then you got the trades where males are more proclivity to go that way yeah trades yeah exactly but like all that you know so these i guess like the higher paying jobs or those professions they're having like a flood of women there because they're the most qualified and they're the ones that are you know obviously coming through uni or whatever but the other thing that and I was like, okay, well that's that makes sense. That that cracks me up because it's like the reality, right? Once once whatever this bullshit lie that we were telling ourselves, like, well, we're just more, you know, and I was just like, well, okay. Um if it if everything isn't even playing field, then then the results are the results, right? Mm. But we know it's like we know that that's not how our society was, you know, like and the thing that he was saying that he got onto biology was saying that something something that might help um men is because they know biologically that males uh that that females um mature develop faster than than, than, than males right mm-hmm. and so they were saying what's happening is if they both start school at the same time um the girls are just like oh yeah cool figuring stuff out and you know they know how to do their homework and like they, they mature faster so mm-hmm. they're not just like uh oh, yeah. is that you in today <laughs> like and because boys are like that right mm-hmm. but that's not because they're they're dumb it's because they're behind a couple of years developmentally. Mm. So the thing is, like in those two years, well, he was saying, like in that time, you're really, you're really um, affecting boys' self-esteem because they're like, oh man, must be dumb. Like you know, like Shirley or like Jenny were able to go and do the like you know they mm. handle the thing enough, totally forgot about it and can't read this book and blah blah. blah. And so he was saying that it might be better in society if boys just started later. Than, than girls because once they're when they, I guess their brain capacity is actually able to, to, to crunch the numbers then they don't feel like such a dumbass and they're just going oh cool everyone's getting the same homework and then that right. will help out there you know so so yeah the, the controversy being like yeah we need to help men and then obviously like the movement of like pro-woman movement is like no you guys have been top talk for so long and I'm like yeah that's 100% right so men have done some stuff because of gender roles or whatever and we're figuring out this new you know but oh men are lost because they don't know are they the, the, the breadwinner and blah blah mm. and I said, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a little bit weird um to i guess like to me and my brothers because like we're my we got a real strong mum and my mum's family is like real strong woman so mm. it's normal to like listen to a woman and be led by a woman and like this no problem it's like you're you know what you're doing so we'll go that way mm. and so meritocracy right like that's the way they get thrown around half the time it's bullshit but you know now when the it's an even playing field the winners are the winners like they're the real winners and so yeah. we've got to figure out how to it's the natural progression yeah, of yeah. so should we like we were saying before should we if we were to dumb that down like when i talk about like sexes and racism i said it's so inefficient because if we're just doing that now because men didn't want to give up the whatever that imaginary first smartest place kind of thing then Imagine how much further we'd be in like, technology society and that if we weren't 
doing this, that dumb shit to like, yeah, actually, you guys are second place. You know? It's just like, what for? Well, you know, men are, but the thing is, we all have our uses, right? Mm. And so, so when I think about, okay, well, they're smarter. But then I think, you know, because I'm having like a conversation with like a, like a feminist. She was cool and everything, but I was just like, we're just kind of discussing why men would give up power. And I was like, she's like, oh, you know, you should do this because right. And I was like, okay. I said, I said, okay. If I'm a man, and I'm stronger than you, then at any point and at any time, and and obviously this is the this is the danger that women have to think about all the time because like, man, if the dude flips his switch, then what's she gonna what's she gonna do kind of thing, mm. you know? And then she's like, oh, you know, it's just the right thing to do. I said, yeah, but it's almost like you still, you still like the like it's almost like the the child still has the gun. You know, so you could still be a kid and just like shoot everybody kind of yeah. thing. So I said, "Well, how do you even, how do you even that up?" Because some men are just going to be like, "No." Well, physically you can't. Yeah. Even up that plane. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and so she was like, "So we're having the, you know, like the conversation from the, doing it because from I'm not sure if it's like feelings or like a moral and like all those kind of intangible things." So I'm like, "Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right." But if the dude's going just nuts then mm. how do you like you know how do you label that out kind of thing and then i was like oh yeah robot mech suits because they were saying the because <laughs> they were saying like the uh, who was saying i think it was i think it was noah uh harari talking about the the tractor no it was a sam the tractor um basically made women equal to to men because back in the day with the plow mm. Uh, you needed upper body strength, which um, obviously men dominated, and so they were like, "Okay, if we can't plow the fields, we can't get the thing." And no shit out of luck, right? Mm. So if you're a woman, it's going to be obviously like lower yield or whatever. Like this is, you know, I'm obviously paraphrasing a lot. But then when the tractor came around, you don't need stronger body for a tractor; you just need to drive the thing. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so then that made it like that made it was a, a revolution for women to be able to do get the same uh, produce the same output as a as a man. So there's an example of technology making things equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, I think a lot of society, like the unequal stuff is, is the man-made stuff, right? Yeah. So. I remember listening to, do you listen to um, Jordan Peterson? Nah. He, he, he has another. What's your, what's your take on that? Because like, those are kind of controversial. Well, I'm going to say controversial figures, especially if you're, obviously I'm like, obviously I'm more on the left um, yeah. on side of, I guess, the discourse. Um, so I don't delve into a lot of Jordan Peterson. Yeah, stuff. he has an interesting take on things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One of what we're talking about, what are you talking about? Is yeah, the, uh, another factor was um, uh, a contraceptive mm. pushed women to be yeah. career women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't have to have a kid. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Work on your career. Yeah. But still, like some some women, they need need to have a kid. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Certain yeah, so they can pick and they yeah, can choose because yeah. when you're 40 well your yeah. chances go down yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so when but when that happens you leave your job or yeah. you know you become a mum yeah, yeah some women can do both yeah you know yeah. I've, I've seen yeah so what was this take on constitution that it's it made empowered, it's oh, yeah. empowered women oh, yeah, made yeah. women become career women yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. why you have women CEOs sometimes yeah, yeah, I think you talked about one CEO who's a woman I think I forgot what she was but um, yeah, examples of that. Examples yeah. of women in the corporate world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being leaders and stuff yeah. like that, you know. 
Den have to go home to the family because it's yeah, the yeah. crew one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why it's funny because like those kind of factors come into like hiring as well, right? When people go, oh, I'm going to hire a woman over a man, mm-hmm. they take into consideration that at any point she can have a baby, and then you're paying maternity leave for six months, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting that those are the like obviously those are the factors that come in, and obviously it makes it kind of like uneven. Even if a woman's like, no, no, I'm going to be, but they're like, oh, I'll be still a woman, could still have a baby, and that's a risk you know it's a risk to the business mm. or whatever so yeah i mean but you you would my eyes to what technology can do mm. technology can you know yeah but help. that's but like you're saying like that's if we're just staying in the same mm. in that same model right but if it's just like what it is now like you have like people running businesses from home mm. you know so like that woman aren't stuck of either be a career woman or be a stay-at-home mom because you can be a stay-at-home I'm running a business, you know, like all of that. Cause like, it's like my, my old brother, he was a stay at home dad and he had a gym. And so that's the thing, you know, he was like, I thought stay at home dad was just, you're just home with the kids. But that's, that's kind of outdated kind of thinking. It's like, no, you've got a side hustle and you've got the pickups and you've got the lunches, but yeah. you know, and then you're at the gym while the kids are. At so I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Then I was like, man, that sounds, I'm trying to convince my, my wife to like <laughs> go back to work. She's like, oh, you know. Um, thinking about going back to work, but I want to spend. And I was like, "Oh, that, hmm. why don't you go back to work?" And all, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, stop working. Yeah. <laughs> a junior father, is it? He's yeah. stay home dad. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a funny dude. Have you had him on the? No, but uh, I see all his um, stories and that, his oh, jokes and that. Man, yeah. But he's doing the whole stay home dad thing. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. I don't have like I just <laughs> I think more dads should you know more 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 guys should do that mm. you know. And especially because there's plenty of women out there that like want the career, you know, like they're they're pretty career focused. Mm. There's plenty of dudes out there that were like looking after the kids is actually pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I thought it was normal because because my mum was in there. Yeah, yeah. She was she was working day. My mom, my dad did um, overnight shift. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad the graveyards. My mum worked during the day. Oh okay. Yeah, so yeah. she got up to manager uh, yeah. her work. Oh nice. And, um, but like growing up, just think it was normal. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. play outside, no parents, you know. Yeah, 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 dad's yeah. sleep, yeah. or dad's going to work, and yeah. mom comes home after work and does cooking straight away. Yeah, we're yeah, playing yeah. outside. Sometimes, so. It really is who, how you grow, or like what you've been mm. exposed to, eh? Mm. That you go, oh, this is this is normal, and then anything else is like different, eh? Yeah. So, coming back to getting more Pacifica into mm. tech, like you touched on how to make things equal mm. could help. Like what? What's your yeah. thoughts on trying to get more, more Pacifica to take? I mean, you're doing the, the classes for the mm. kids and that, but I think it's education. There, eh? it's like the opportunities and school level. Yeah, well, it's nah. not the it's not the PE teachers mm. telling unders, oh, you go and play rugby." You yeah. play rugby. <laughs> don't worry about, don't worry about. Yeah. Leave that to the white kids. You're playing rugby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just giving them, like, it's just giving them options, mm. you know. And I think that's the. Because, like, you know, I think after the first few years of, of doing, like, the our co-club, like, me and Rhea, I was like, man, I I don't want to be a school because I don't want to be a teacher necessarily, right? Um, and I was like, well, the reason why, and it's funny, the, the whole reason why I went after this thing in the first place is not because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm passionate about, necessarily passionate about seeing more bus speaker in tech, which is kind of, funny thing to say when you're like trying to get more bus week in tech <laughs> right it's not it's not that necessarily it's the fact that okay 
here I am, I'm living my life with a tech salary, and I have for a lot of years. And so I've never been short of money, um, and it's given me open lots of doors, opportunities, blah, blah. Stuff that you have when you have means, right? And then I see all like the, the stories on TV um, and in the newspapers, and it's always like, you know, oh, some, like, a, what is it, that fever that those kids get, and they have to, like, you know, because they're in a damp house and overcrowding, all, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the kids that, you know, they say, the kids that don't see their parents, and, you know, that's why, you know, they go off the, the, the tracks, so they get into a bad crowd, all that kind of stuff, you know. The parents aren't able to, but they they have to because they got to do the twelve hours, like all that kind of like stuff that's going on, like that's the normal normal narratives in our in our community. And I was just like, if you had more money, it would solve a lot of stuff. Like it, obviously, it's not going to like there's going to be like generational trauma from poverty and abuse and stuff like that that's happened because of poverty and, and all that kind of stuff. That hey, you know, use your money to go see a therapist, right? But it would actually change. And I remember because I, I wrote a um, a newsletter article on because I went and looked at the numbers and looked at like stats and Z and saw like the highest earning. You know they've done they've done studies on like what makes up a Pacific household, how many average of how many um, adults are there, uh, also the average age of uh, Pacific Islander. You know because we're kind of young and the types of work that we're in, which is a lot of manual stuff. So there's a lot of um, wear and tear on bodies for our kind of community because that's the kind of work that we do and those jobs are low paid and so you have like multiple generations that are in a house um that they don't own and so when they're talking about generational wealth everyone it's like the old school house you have a house like, oh, mortgage but like you know you can borrow against that you can pass it down it's just like and the, the things because this is where my mum came from like her drive to get a house was from the, I guess just the, I don't call it the indecency, but just the embarrassment of having a Balangi landlord come through your house, inspect it, uh, check all of the, you know, and, and, and tell you a grown woman who's got like a young kids, uh, tell her off like a teenager, like a little kid, you know, you know, it's like they're superior. And my mum was like, I'm never paying rent to, you know, I want to work and save and, and get a house and so that's what me and my dad did and we were five boys right and we were five under six and so that's the kind of that's my um the legacy of where i came from where it's like um if i can pay my own way i own a house and then everything from there so all like my parents wealth and me and my brother's wealth kind of stem from those kind of generational investments mm. but that comes from money but they had to scrap this money together right because they didn't have, worked at the post office, my dad drove the big red buses in Wellington. And so when I think, man, uh, learn some coding, I'll give you some interview tips and tricks and tell you how, how like the words to say, like the way my, my barangi mate, the contractor said, hey man, this is the game. Download that, say this, this is the rate. So he, he told me what their top dollar was, so I just set it out straight away when I got in there, which was, the hourly rate was three times what I'd ever been paid before. So I was just like, man, I'm not saying that. And he's like, that's the rate. So say that. So I was nervous when he was like, okay, come on, Ron, we look what you got, blah, blah, blah. And then when I got to the thing, I was like, nervous, nervous as fuck. So I said, <laughs> man, this guy's just going to be like, get out of here. Is this a joke to you? Or something like that, eh? But he just, he didn't, the manager didn't blink. I said, all right, when can you start? I was like, cool. I was like, man. And so. That's when you walked out and said, man, I just did time four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's it, you know. But the thing is, I would never have known that if it wasn't for this guy putting me on on game, right? Mm. And so that's kind of that's the opportunity that I see for, uh, like the the very basic opportunity that I see for us when we're talking about generational change. I'm like, we can invest a year into this, and then we can get you on the pathway to six to six figures. And the other thing is like, that's just the that's just the economic change, right? But then once you get these skills, now you're in that kind of, you're in that landscape of you're going to build an app, you're going to build a website, you're going to have your own business where you like sell uh, digital services. Now that's all your thing from home, mm. from anywhere. And you can have that because I'm not a fucking genius and I just like learned this stuff. And you don't have to take as long, and I said this to, you don't have to take as long as me to get to six figures because if I've already figured out like this is the thing that you do, we can get you there. I mean, one girl that I mentored, we said, oh, we're going to get you into this big company. Mentored her into it, landed the job, got in there. And I said, six figures within two years. Within, I think, a year and a bit, she got bumped to six. Mm. So I remember I was celebrating about that because I was like, look, uh, Samoan, uh, a young Samoan lady. And that's, I'm like, because that's the formula. So once you've cracked the formula, run the formula. So let's just run game. Like, basically, literally... Any one of you guys come to a program and we will, you know, I mean, this is in a, a hypothetical way. Then you can go and take that six figures and then help your family get out of there, get into your first house, mm. and then run it from there. And so that's one. So imagine what, five, five people a year who make six and two, and then you go teach the others. Then I don't. I can just get, you know. I always say, man. As soon as it happens, I can just, get, just concentrate on my own geeking. Stop, stop this foolishness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop this trying to save the world kind of bullshit. You know, just. But that's because that's what I saw. Because I saw like, oh, it's actually relatively straightforward and easy. And the payoff is this. Because look at the market. That's what they're paying today. That's what they're paying. You show them this. They don't go. Oh, but what's no? There's no. What school did you go to? They say, can you do this? And you go, here you go. Get in there and do it. And because the thing is, engineering talent, I said this in the last thing, engineering talent is what makes those companies money. So if if this company doesn't pick you up, another company is going to pick you up. You know, That's what I want for our people. That was it. It was like literally... Just man, the means. I, yeah, just the means. Give you the means and you, like, you know, the, this whole thing where like trying to figure out what to give people, just give them money. They know what they need, you know, and they've they've done studies on this where they just like rather than give them like uh, vouchers for the you know like uh, food stamps and stuff like that, give them money. They know what they need. Oh, but they're just gonna spend it on like a uh, like uh, alcohol and cigarettes. They've I, I've got to go find them because it was on a RNZ um, interview where they done a study to show that that actually goes down when their their needs are met. So the pressure of earning money because they got given okay cool we're going to give you a, I think like a UBI and just see how you go for I think it was like a year or something they sh- showed that the, um, the alcohol and cigarettes consumption went down because they're co- like those are coping mechanisms they're coping for stress so if you're not so stressed you're not reaching for coping mechanisms right yeah yeah so this correlation of like oh you're just doing that because you're you're alky or them yes there are alkies and stuff like that but no, the the correlation they 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 found was like, oh no no, that's a coping mechanism. So as long as there's something that they need to cope with, they're gonna use the coping mechanisms. 
you take that away. Like you're saying, when the pressure's gone, free to do what? Free to look after your kids. Free to like, oh yeah, go to work, get there on time, do do a, do a great job. Oh, you're free to do what you love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll move towards that. Yeah. There was a CEO over in the States. I want to say his name was Sam. I think it was like his last name was Price. Anyway, he had a tech company. And there was some controversy because I think five, six, seven years ago now, he was like, oh man, he realized that <clears throat> the the minimum salary that that you would need to survive in their city was X amount. I think it was like 76,000 or whatever. And he was like, but a lot of his employees who were doing like deliveries and stuff like that weren't making that. And he was like, well, this is bullshit because all of my execs are in the millions. And he was like, and so he came out and was like, okay, we're going to just pay everybody minimum 76,000. And so people who were on like 30s and stuff like that all came up to that. And obviously there were some people that there were the, you don't deserve a crowd, they ended up leaving or whatever. But there was a, um, there was a culture that was created around like, oh no, this is, this is kind of fair for everybody because why well, live in the city and get paid that? And now you're going to have to pay. So obviously the lower paid people were doing what we know. They were doing two jobs because it's 76 is what you need to live in that, in that city. And so when he raised everyone's, you know, basically gave everybody like, you know, equality or whatever in the, in the pay scheme, everyone was like, oh man, it's communism, it's like socialism, it's America, right? And so like, oh, you'll be out of business and, and blah, blah, blah. I think because he had a payment system like um, with PayPal or whatever. No, he ended up like, I think like year in, year out, profitable. Um, a lot of his employees were like, oh man, now that they don't have to do a second job, they can do the, the pickups and spend time with their kids so they're happy, so they're more productive. So mm. all of that, you know, it's like the psychological game of like, mm. you know, you get more productivity and less less sick days. Like, you know, it's the whole thing because like the more sick days is just correlation to like unhappy um, workers, right? So they had this whole thing and then I remember like through the, and so when, it, when the pandemic hit, he was like, I want to ask all my employees to take a a hit on the on the on their pay just to see us through. Mm. And I was like, well, I think if not all of them said, "Yeah, we'll do it," because mm. they, you know, because obviously they'd been given the they'd been you know they'd been loved first kind of thing, so mm. they were kind of like loving the the corporation back or like this particular CEO back. Mm. When they made it through the pandemic and everything started opening up again. Obviously, these guys became profitable. This dude paid all of their, like the their shortfall over that time, paid them all back. Mm. And I was like, that's the model that I can kind of see of somebody who's like, ah, like, well, he made a few like tens of millions less. But it's like what Warren Buffett says: like, ten million is all you need to literally experience everything in the world. Anything more than that mm. is Warren Buffett. He's like, you can get the best hotels, first class, the best food available in the world uh, within a 10 million dollar range mm. so because there's always that thing about what's his name Jeff Bezos mm. like, does he really need that much money like, but he's just a workaholic he just loves what to work you know well obviously because I work for that company so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to judge carefully on that one but I, just, I mean I've always had the same philosophy when it came to billionaires anyway mm. because if you think about like a system that um uh, allows a billionaire to exist, allows this extreme 
distribution will have to exist is not it's not a good system that's that's just my belief you know mm. so when you have things like um well where are they getting their margins from it can't be from um minimum wage uh unionized uh kind of employee protected people with health care and all that kind of stuff nah you know it's from you know like so not saying that about obviously not about work, but just just that system in general, right? You can't mm-hmm. like you can't have obscene wealth, and you know like that that extreme. And then it's like, what do you like? I know they're just playing the game. Like uh, like these, these people are like probably not in it for the money, but obviously like the game of it, right? Mm. You know. And yeah. so obviously they've they've maxed the game out. But I just it just feels like a, a loophole that's been exploited. And then if I got into a game like a got a cheat code into a game and now I'm like unlimited lives and unlimited to be honest even though I'm not really into games that's not is that a fun game is that a game yeah, <laughs> yeah I know what you mean yeah, yeah. is that a game that it's I'm cheap. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look I'm awesome man like I've got a perfect score on Street Fighter <laughs> it doesn't mean anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that these guys had a cheat code and they didn't have like adversity and they didn't work hard no, 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 nothing like that but it's just like you know and uh Good game would be is trying to even walk. Do you know what would be harder? See if you could even it up so that there is no starving people. Mm. Like, wouldn't that be a more interesting game? And obviously, that's where like the Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation have gone with their philanthropy. Mm. Um, so maybe they maybe they're kind of trying to play that game of like, okay, let's see if we can do um, lift up the other the other half. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Did I navigate that. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably hear from uh, HR tomorrow and be like, uh, so. <laughs> I won't say anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, man, that's good. But the kids say, like, if, if, if equal is the key, mm. you know, equal playing field mm. to get more Pacific into tech. You know, for that reason alone, for the opportunities tech can get, get mm. uh, you're selling the lifestyle. Mm. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, same lifestyle you sell when. A salmon guy gets an NRL contract, yeah, or, or a Super Rugby contract, yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. But we're talking about tech, yeah, you know, yeah. that's another. You can put that next to being a yeah. NRL player or you know, Super Rugby player, you know, and it's it's not it's not all that um, like silly that a, a Tongan or Samoan or Fijian can do with tech. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and and for you, you're like the the guy that's. Here I am. Look, I'm someone. Here I am. Look, you can be what I'm being. You know? Yeah. You know, so it doesn't seem hard anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. What you're saying. Like for me, can I quit my job and get to tick like, tomorrow? How easy, how easy would it be for. <laughs> if I gave you a thing and you had a look at it and just to see what you'd need to do to get into tick. I don't think that you'd like. Because now I'm not worried about tech. Now I'm worried about I'm looking at the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got to do oh, the. Give me the yams. I want to go with the yams. <laughs> funny because you know what's funny though. I had to. When I was mentoring these two people. One of them saw my uh, contract the lifestyle, and contract the money, and like, oh man, I go where I want, and take three months off in between, and um, and he was like, man, I want that, and I was like, cool. This is what you need to do. You need to get up to here. Here's here's some like online like learning things. You need to be able to do this. Blah blah. blah. You need to get a blog out. You need to get your you know you need to build your personal brand because you're the business now, right? That's what a contract is. Well, actually, that's what all employees should look at themselves. You're the business. You're the value, right? And this other person I mean, so I, I she just was like, oh, I just like tech. 
And then I was like, oh man, well, I think you're going to, like, to be honest, like just predicting it now, you're going to win because it's kind of like what I said to you about um, how you love editing. You like the grind of the, the, the podcasting game, right? And I said, that's almost like for me, the predictor that you're going to win, you know? And so in the end, he didn't do the work. She did. And she got into like the, the tech company and got the six figures. And it wasn't from chasing the money, even though I know that she makes more money than this guy. Um, it was just like from just chasing the tech or chasing the interest, but playing the game, the corporate game properly, right? Yeah, so like I said, getting a whip of course for you and uh, <laughs> if you follow it, follow the trail to the money, tell you what to say in the interview. Mm. Well, even like I said, the lifestyle, you know, it's the staying home, it's the work-life balance. Yeah, hey, yeah, 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 100%. Like, like being remote. Yeah. That one, the biggest months. thing. Yeah. That must be the biggest thing, you know, for... You just say you, you can work remotely. Yeah. That's the... I think that's the going to be the, the, the <laughs> way that Pacific is going to go. You say yeah. that. You get to work from home. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah sign yeah. me up. Sign me up. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, work from anywhere. You know, yeah. You know? Oh, man. Because <laughs> I remember one contract that I had in in the city. Uh, one of my one of my contracting buddies came to do the contract there as well. But he was in Bali. So he just like done the contract from Bali. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't need to see anybody. He just needed to like do the systems and I'll be like, hey man, we need this this thing done. He's just like, cool, here's the code, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's done. Like that's what we like, and I, I liked it. So he was like, you know, going to do this CrossFit thing and I'd like mm. see him on the, like, we just had like calls when he was in the, in the gym stuff. But I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool that you can like live the Bali lifestyle, but get paid New Zealand dollars while you're living there. And that's the thing, because as, as long as you've got an internet and you don't have a micromanager, then mm. the work's the work, right? Mm. You know, like where's this code? Here it goes, done. I just thought about um, how tech benefits us really at work. Like back in the days, you get a certain amount of time to do a job, right? And with the software we had back then, yep, we did it to that. You know, yeah. remember when they said like twenty years from now, software is better, more efficient. Yeah, you can actually still save the same amount of time mm. to the client. But you can do it in the less time. Yeah. And get paid for the weeks you don't even do any work. Yeah. Like, you know, that you charge for. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. probably one benefit, I guess. But I think it's like the. But it's still the same thing. It's still working nine to five, you know? Well, the thing is, because now we're, we're talking about value, right? Mm. And so value is not, um, it's not time limited. And so it's funny because this is what you'll get from, you'll see, I can't remember what the, he's like a designer. Um, Asian dude, um, my, my brother loves him, um, but he talks a lot about, um, and you've seen memes about it, um, I'll get a, he's expensive to, and they'll be like, oh, but this is only going to take you five minutes to, you know, why is it costing much? He's like, well, it takes me five minutes now, but it's taking me 20 years to get the skills and math to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? To get it here. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the that's the value. And so it's funny, like, you know, I think, have you seen that meme where there's like a horse? <clears throat> so there's a, a horse in like three different so it's, it's one horse but it's like drawn three different ways or mm -hmm. three different parts of it right and I think the from memory I'm trying to remember the punchline but essentially it's just like the different um, how much money you pay for each part of this horse that was drawn and so obviously like it's like super realistic and you know there's yeah. the top one and then it goes to the stick figure yeah. you know <laughs> and that's because it's like oh yeah I've got X amount to draw here here and here and this is what you're going to get for. That's the value, right? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, I think thinking about it in terms of that, which is like, 
if I go, if I, if your job is to like, hey man, we're going to deliver, you've got a bunch of features that you need to write for the software. Okay, cool. When does it need to be delivered by here? If I just deliver all those in, and, and like that's a three month contract. If I deliver that in one month, mm. I should get paid for three months. For three months. And that's the difference between, so when I was contracting, obviously it was an hourly rate. And so if I was efficient, it would actually penalize me. And I remember watching these videos trying to figure out a different contracting model. And right. so there was these contractors that were like teaching people how to do value-based contracting, right? So they'll be like, um, oh yeah, cool. You, but it's a little bit different if it's like an operational job. An operational job is a day in, day out kind of like keeping the lights on. Whereas like if you do like a project-based one, deliver software, you'd go, hey, I need this uh, software by January. And I'll be like, okay, cool. That's going to cost you $200,000, right? And then if I finish that um, by the end of November, it's still $200,000. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. It makes sense because say you, you build a software, it takes you X amount of time to build the software. Mm. And then that's the first contract. Yeah. To use the software, and then, oh uh, yeah, but then when the next job comes up, you, they want the same yeah. program. Yeah, you've already made it. Yeah, so you don't need to build anything. You just you just give it, but you have to charge the same amount because mm. that's the same amount of work. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. well, it just came, it just moves on. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Like you know, when I was saying like the economic um, advantage or opportunity for tech mm. for our people, because that's like the that's the really basic, understandable one. The other thing that they talk about in terms of um, making a product, uh, I can't remember, there's a, there's a term for it in software. You make it once, sell that one thing a million times. Mm. If I make a bottle and I sell this bottle, I have to make another bottle to sell. But like you're saying, if I make the software, I don't, I, I, the software goes, mm. but the software stays at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's why it's funny because you remember when you had to, buy uh like a microsoft office you have to buy it and then install it on your machine and now you know they don't they don't have that model anymore it's like subscription you, now. subscription now. Yeah. so before you just like buy it once and you know they had to like oh we're going to try and make this expensive enough so that you see how much value that you would get over however many years and figure that out right now they don't have to figure that out they can just like basically uh slowly bleed you to death you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's all those subscriptions you know it's a slow bleed you know yeah, yeah. which makes sense mm. especially when you think about it. but yeah again to so you know i remember i had a, a mate who made ukuleles and he was like uh, so my uh, cook island mate and he would um make these ukes and i'd be like man those are those are really cool but it was a lot of work and i remember trying to get the business off the ground or whatever and I was like, man, that's that's why I was like, man, I never go into business, man. It looks like a, it looks like hard work, you know. Whereas like just the virtual world, it's it's infinite, right? Mm. And so it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, some environmentalists say, hey, that power comes from somewhere, right? Like it's burning some trees to to power all of your data centers. But yeah, I just think of like how easy it is to build stuff and replicate it and share it online, and it's like, and you don't lose, like you know, you don't really lose any. Mm. any money for it necessarily you know mm. that's yeah yeah that kind of model the the make one sell many so you imagine that for everybody or like for our people online you know you make mm. something nice you have the opportunity to sell it and not just people in new zealand and then oh i need to um, figure out how to do an import export license to the states or no no you just put it on etsy 
and you let them figure out the, the payment system and the currency and all that. Do you know what I mean? Now that's your market. Mm. So, or they're for the islanders. So imagine, imagine a bunch of islanders who just get the skills and then just use their imagination and get their hustle on to figure out different ways of making money and different products and just different, mm. just different buzzers. Maybe they don't make products. Making, like, who knows what they'll end up making if they introduce to it and have to like go in and like marinate in this in this opportunity for a while and see what see what comes out. Because we think differently, like 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 most of us, like everybody thinks differently. That's why I like seeing other people's buzz on like fashion and mm. and and swag and all that kind of stuff. Because different groups, different kind of different buzz. So, yeah, I can see how important it is now mm. to get more Pacifica people in tech because not only is it just a job, mm. it's a way of life, and it's technology. So you're talking about how the world works. Yeah, you know. How business works, how the corporate world works. Yeah. It's not just making money, it's just It's how the world works. Yeah. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's, it's like, in everything. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. Yeah. You know, and I had a I had um I don't know if you know Christian Money Tour Brown. He came on Tuesday. Oh, I recognize that name. Yeah. So he's he's a political guy. He's he's a national party guy. Yeah. So Simon guy. But um he he talked about Pacifica navigating the Western world. Mm. And he does it through politics. Mm. You know, if you know your way around politics, then you know a bit about how the Western world will work. Yeah, yeah, Especially, yeah. you know, our government here in New Zealand and yeah. how things work. You know, same as what you're talking about in the technical yeah. in the technical sense, in yeah. the tech sense. Like the corporate world is a big beast. Yeah. You know, and it's all about us, our people trying to, because he called it like um, bicultural. Mm. We're, we're either bilingual or bicultural mm. and we need to be bicultural like we got our culture our salmon culture mm. and the other culture we're good at is sports culture oh yeah or music culture yeah yeah corporate culture mm. Mm. yeah lacking there yeah how do we get involved there yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what I think that's where you come in with the tech I think tech plays a big part yeah of getting our people into that culture and trying to navigate around that yeah, yeah. move forward yeah you know, and that's really important. That's really important. That's why, I mean, it's funny because, like, same way we kicked off this whole discussion about, like, the, the whole AI thing, right? You know, like, there's the good of it. And the thing that, that kind of, like, grinds my gears a bit is the people not showing the, I guess, the the cons of it, you know, like, the, the, the dangers or the risks. Um, and it's the same for this kind of movement for getting more bus speaker into technology because uh, a lot of people are doing the the tech marketing for it and oh yeah this is the this is the lifestyle and blah blah but because i'm not sure if like they've um necessarily worked in tech like in the engineering side of it i mean i think just in tech in general in the corporate space they're not um there's not enough call out of like what it's going to be like when you come over here because obviously we're going to be the minority so don't come over here, like prepare yourself to come over here and not be super welcomed or not be like understood or not be integrated into this you know so a lot of it is kind of like you know the knowledge is not just the opportunity but also how to navigate the reality of it you know get off the the hype and the marketing because that's for salespeople. Whether you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like with whether you know when the what they say when the rubber meets the road mm. that's what you know because I'd, I'd hate to turn hospital i'd hate to hospital pass somebody into a, a stressful <laughs> situation you know mm. and then they're, they're in there stressing themselves out but they can't leave because it's a good opportunity money-wise 
Mm. Nah, man, if you come in, and I guess I'm, I guess that's I'm curious because I didn't, I didn't see that that um, that episode, but I guess what does Christian Malietto's uh, thoughts on? Because one thing I always, you know, obviously growing up here in New Zealand, you get it from your own people, and it's the fear balangi. Mm. Oh, your fear balangi. And I always think, oh, okay, what's so I'm trying to like figure out what's what's Samoan and what's what's balangi. Mm. And so that, so sometimes <laughs> when I'm like negotiating, when I'm like uh, being this like a professional, and I think, oh, is this is this fear balangi, <laughs> or the way I talk and code, you know, because mm. you know the the code switching, right? Because that, that's why it's funny when I go. You know, when I obviously like educate a few people at work, they're like, do you think I talk like this when I'm around my brothers? <laughs> and I'd be like, no, because, you know, I say things like, well, yeah, we're in the, mar-. you know, there's all these like idioms and cliches mm-hmm. that you just say in, in tech, right? Yeah. And and I was just like, well, that's, is that fear balling? Was that navigating the game? You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if people <clears throat> in the corporate space will be like, you have to fear balling, because I don't see that as being fear balling. No, and that's what, um, Christian, you talked about that too ah, on the podcast. Okay. So he, he's talking about bicultural, right? And we got to do both. Yeah, yeah. We have to do both. Yeah, 100%. To move forward. Yeah. I mean, he he said, oh, if you don't want to do it, then go back to Samoa. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. back to, or you say you, f- you fear Barangi. Yeah. What does that actually mean? Yeah. What's yeah. your goal? Yeah, what, yeah. what are you trying to do? What? Yeah. what yeah, yeah. By saying that to me, what, what do you think I'm trying to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do you want me to. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like what's the end game here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it always has to be a goal. Yeah, like what? What, what, what are you trying to do? Yeah, you know? and that's the thing, like that, and that's why, yeah, that's why I was like asking about that because obviously there's there's also the <clears throat> you know um, what they say about uh, undercover cops. If you stay undercover too long, yeah, <laughs> then you become <laughs> you become you know it's almost like you your identities almost merge, right? Mm. And so I kind of think about that in the in the in the Balangi world. Mm. Because one thing, and and I've and obviously I've seen this. So, fear balling is a thing, um, in my experience, and it's when people forget who they are, and they think that they're like this is this is who they are, the balangi. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you got to you got to fucked up because you're someone, and you know that they're never going to accept you as a balangi because you're not balangi. But they've convinced themselves that like, oh no, no, we're all the same, right? And I was like, well, when you'll know we're not the same when we when we cross those lines, you know? Mm. And so that's kind of the thing that... I must really hate this guy on LinkedIn, eh? Because I'm going to keep bringing... <laughs> <laughs> I keep bringing his post up. <laughs> you as well say his name. Yeah, yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go away. Nah. <laughs> but the thing is, it's kind of like it was... I'm not saying that he was doing it, but it was... That's what that kind of reeked off of me is like, you've, you've forgotten you're brown. You've mm. forgotten who you are. And who the system's not built for, and so it's kind of that where it's like, hey man, we're all undercover here, so mm. don't ever, you know, don't, don't start thinking, yeah man, I'm a joke dealer. Like, no, mm. no, 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 we have to because I'm never going to be balangi ever. Mm. Like even in a virtual world, it's just like it's just like that's the and nothing wrong with that, but like to start, you know, I almost kind of almost did like a mental illness to try and convince myself I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm balangi. So like for those people who are like, nah man, you need to be authentic. But speak stuff. I'm like, man, I'm like, I, I get where they're coming from. And mm. you know, they're the ones that ask, how can you make uh, companies more um, more safe in there? And I get them because they, they, they want to be just like, you know, jovial and not get any looks for being loud or or wearing like colorful, you know, just like wearing just out of it, just mm. 
just being kind of the way we are in our own code, right? And so I get that, but I'm like, okay, cool. But until that day comes, what are you going to do? And I guess that's what, you know, I guess this Christian person is saying about like, uh, what's your objective? My objective is I want to eat, but I'm never going to forget who I am. Mm. Yeah, but we got to eat, you know. Mm. It reminded me about this platform. Mm. When we started this platform, our tagline is from, uh, our tagline is a Polynesian perspective. Mm. Now we chose Polynesian over Pacifica because we got, Maori and the worship of the network. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> be odd to, to say Pacifica when we've got Maori in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's the reason for Polynesian. Yeah. But, a Polynesian perspective, sports, pop culture, and lifestyle. Mm. Now, we don't talk about, like, I mean, yeah, we can, but mm. we don't limit ourselves to Pacifica issues, mm. Pacific Island issues in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. The struggle of Pacifica. Yeah, yeah. We like to talk about stuff, anything, mm. really. Yeah. Like when I look at, um, like you, you know, there's government funding out there, there's Pacifica funding. Mm. Well, they're not going to fund us if we're not talking about Pacifica stuff. We're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about cricket. Yeah. We're going to talk about anything else that we are into. Yeah, yeah. We're Pacifianders, but we're into stuff that don't fit the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Pacifica categories yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know that they yeah. want us to talk about. Have you gone for funding for, for this project? No, I'm scared. I'm scared that they'll tell me what to say and I can't swear and a couple strings. Yeah. A couple of strings and that's what I'm afraid of. But yeah, yeah. but you know, but I just love what I'm doing, you know yeah, like yeah. But you know, it's that I think there's space for us to be general. Mm. Well not be general but we like stuff that's yeah. not in the category of, of Pacific Islander. Because we, we're born here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't see any show by Pacific Islanders talking about cricket. Mm. That's a balangi. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, has yeah, been. Yeah. But man, heaps of someone's like, like cricket. Oh, okay. Why can't we talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Why can't we talk about movies? Yeah. No, it has to be like a Polynesian movie, Pacifica movie. That's the only movie you can talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we all grew up with American yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I always think about, you know, the Polynesian movement or the brown movement in New Zealand mm. didn't happen until late 90s, mm. early 2000s when we hit music. Mm. When Dawn Raid yeah. or, or Lappy Mariner, yeah, yeah, those yeah, guys, yeah. and then we start seeing brown yeah, 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 in yeah. entertainment. Because yeah. before that, we were, we were American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, we love exactly. Boys in the Hood. Yeah. We emulate that. Hip hop. Yeah. The old hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. where. We came from, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. That's what we grew up on. So, it's taking that as well. Mm. It's taking that. That that's why we like the things we like. Yeah, like probably our generation now. Yeah, because we came from that yeah. stuff. Like oh, the brown stuff didn't come till later on. Yeah, 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 you know. So, but we like what we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't help it if we grew up in the the black Americans kind of stuff. But what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't fit the narrative of what. Yeah, they yeah. want Pacifica to be talking about here. Yeah, like, but you know what I mean, like, hundred percent. So it's a Polynesian perspective on anything. Yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. It's like our, it's like our thoughts being Pacific Islander. Mm. What, how, how we interpret it, how we interpret cricket. Yeah, or how we interpret ballet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, how yeah, we interpret um, heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how yeah. we interpret riding the bike, or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nothing, anything else that we like. Yeah, because we do like other stuff. And that's the stuff I wanna. I'm not afraid to bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think there's a space for that. Yeah. You know? Oh, 100%. So, so when you're talking about identity, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I think that's where the West Network comes in, comes from. Because yeah. West West for West Auckland, mm. you know, I love, love to talk about, you know, West Aucklanders. Yeah. You know, I, I think to myself, oh, why am I getting all these Samoans and Tongans in? Like, yeah, I can talk to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I can talk to other people. You know, I'm not limiting myself. Yeah. You know, I think I had one balling on. <laughs> oh, right. the, maybe two. Yeah. I can't remember, but <laughs> no, I had, yeah, I had, yeah, I had about two or three. Yeah. But I'm not limiting. Yeah, yeah. You know, but when I'm talking to them, I'm talking from my Pacific perspective. Island perspective, yeah, yeah. my Polynesian perspective. Yeah. On these issues that probably get, don't get, you know, looked at. Yeah, yeah. But I know that people are interested in, you know, there's a space for there's a space for it. Yeah. You know? And that's why the technology podcast we got yeah. is important too. Yeah. Because it's like conversations but you know, islanders don't talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. I mean talking to you, like you're an educated guy. You know, you know, we had some good stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know? I I loved it. Yeah. yeah I learned yeah. a lot from you. Like you giving me a high resolution of stuff that I just, you know. I'm gonna give you a headache. This is if you're gonna be well, now, up at night going, this AI is gonna freaking kill us all. Now yeah. I'm going to bed. I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I might do this course. Ring up wrong. <laughs> work for him. <laughs> but you know, um, like, yeah. When it comes to identity, like, yeah. you're just reminding me of why we do this. Yeah. You know what our angle is. Yeah. That I don't see out there. You know. Keep doing it, man. Like yeah. this is. And the fact that you guys are still, you know, you know, what's going on about this? Like, you, you're still going, you know. You guys have stood the uh, the test of time, and no, I like that. That's the whole thing. It's funny because like me, me and my brothers are kind of the same in terms of like um, looking at it from um, what makes a Samoan person, right? Especially because we grew up here, and we had the whole identity issue because we were like, oh man. But Samoa is not as strong as like my cousins over in Samoa. When we were over there, they call us Balangis, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, like you know, we don't, we don't know all the cultural stuff as as well as they do, kind of thing." And so we were in this like kind of caught in the, an identity, an identity thing. But my, my mom was always, "You guys are Samoan. You guys are Samoan, and what you guys do is Samoan, right?" Obviously, we've got our culture stuff, and my brothers who own uh, the Kane Tattoo Studio in uh, in, Av- in Avondale. I remember on we, the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the- yeah. So that's my my younger brothers. They they, oh, cool. they own that, and I remember when they first opened it because my brother's into like he likes dark shit. So he's like black and grey skulls and <laughs> demons and you know like all yeah. sorts of real yeah. ghoulish shit, right? And the thing is, is like, and he likes a shop. You know, he's quite artistic, right? So he's got a shop set up in a way that um, I he said like um, one of his I'm not sure if it was a client that came in and said, oh man, you never know, this was like a um. Uh, they were like, oh, this is a tattoo sh- shooter. And then my brother's like, oh, yeah, it's a Samoan tattoo shooter. And then he's like, and he was like, because I'm Samoan and this is my tattoo shooter. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like, well, and so I remember me and my younger brothers would sit around and go, yeah, well, what makes a, you know, what makes it Samoan and not Samoan? Is it like, do I have to have some, um, some some tapa cloths up or do I need uh, you know ear lover lovers and stuff like that on the you know for for curtains or mm. something like that you know and I was like well and so that's what we always took look obviously look, we have our culture we have our language we have our you know and and and, and the, our practices and our traditions 100% that's Samoan but we also see that because we grew up here the stuff that we do is from a Samoan you know 
perspective. Mm. So when I look at the way I look at tech and, and manage projects and, and and navigate myself around, it's I'm a Samoan person. So I'm seeing the world through Samoan with mm. the tools that are that are at my disposal. But I'm a Samoan person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everything I do is like something, you know. And so and that's the way they see it as well. So it's not like I'd feel like it was cosplay if I was to just wear Ife Tanga to work and uh, in, oh, in yeah. LA, you know? <laughs> like when it's time to wear those, when I go over to the islands and stuff like that, oh yeah, this is appropriate. We're going to have a meeting. They have their LA's and bola shirts and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, cool. That's that's appropriate. I wear Ilo all of at home because, you know, those are the best undies out because you, they just, that's because we, I grew up, you know, and we wear Ilo lovers. Also wear shorts. But that's, that's us. That's, we are that, that mix of, we grew up in New Zealand, mm. but we're Sa, we're Samoan. And it's not to say that there's any shame in being a Kiwi or growing up here, but the lens that it always comes through is Samoan lens. I can say, oh, this is how Palangis do stuff, but I don't know what a Palangis feeling when mm. they're doing their stuff. <laughs> they feel how they feel. <laughs> and we feel how we feel. It might look the same, but it's definitely not coming through a Palangis person's filter. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. The same as you saying, or your mum saying, you can't take your Samoan away. Mm. It's the same as you can't take your perspective away. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, I think whatever we enjoy, we're not afraid. Don't be afraid to speak it up. Yeah. What, 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 what your passion is. Yeah, yeah. Like even if it's out the box passion. Yeah. Even if it's something, like for, because I'm a big sports fan, mm. right? So I'm into all sports, yeah. and I know there's someone's out there that love tennis okay. or love golf or yeah. these balance sports. Yeah, you yeah. know, there might be not many of us, but there are people. You know, they could come in. Uh, oh, I had a um. Uh, took a long ago. He liked um. He loves soccer. He loves soccer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He loves soccer. Yeah, you isn't know? that the biggest game in the like the most popular game in the world? Yeah, yeah. But he loves it like uh, someone loves NRL. Oh yeah, yeah, rugby, yeah, you know yeah. that level of passion. <laughs> yeah, like, that's cool, man. Like yeah. have a podcast. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you Why know. Not? Yeah, and get a different perspective get on something. A, yeah, yeah, get a different uh, political perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on anything, yeah. whatever. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not trying to force no, no, the perspective, no, no, no. Yeah, but yeah. if you're into it, yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's come on the podcast and let's, yeah, let's discuss yeah. discuss why you love it. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting. It's different, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's like where the whole. I think. Yeah, I think the the Pacifica space when it comes to might get. I think sometimes for me. Mm. Especially the awards kind of stuff, mm. like Pacifica Awards, Pacifica Business Awards, Pacifica. Yeah. It puts us in a box. It puts us to yeah. the side and lets us fight over our own thing, and it doesn't let us look at the big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, like consolation. Yeah, yeah. Like it sets the bar somewhere that's not even the Balangis look down at that bar. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you guys can. Oh, it was the Pacifica Music Awards, mm. not the. Yeah. <coughs> Not the world, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oscars, yeah. or you know, like Emmys yeah. or something like that. Yeah. What's the music one? I forgot. MTV Grammy. Awards. Or Grammys. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the I'm empowering, yeah. empowering. Yeah. You know, empowering us to do better, to do more. Yeah. Not not what they told us to do. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. you know, not what they they gave us. Yeah, yeah. Like they say, we need. What, what's that phrase they always say? Like. Need a table to sit on? Sit at the table? Oh, yeah, we need, we a, need a seat at the a table. Seat at the table, yeah. Not the seat, not the table they gave us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the table and chairs they gave yeah, us. Same, same table <laughs> we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> talking about that table. <laughs> oh, man. That kind of stuff, you know? 100%, yeah. You know, yeah. and I feel like, I feel like this is different. Yeah. 
I feel like this is different. This perspective, yeah, yeah, like yeah. this Polynesian perspective, this Pacifica perspective, Samoan perspective, yeah, 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 on something that's not that normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you love it. Yeah, get it out there. Yeah, because that's that will speak more to the Western world than anything else. Yeah, because yeah. the Western world is dying to. Oh, I think the new. I think the Balinese want to know. Yeah, yeah. But they see us doing their own thing in there. Nah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. They can't like. You know, they, I guess they can't relate to it, or they can like decode yeah. it, right? And so yeah. they don't care. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, you know. Yeah. But once we start going into their space, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, what are you in tech for? <laughs> oh, what? You know, uh, shouldn't you be somewhere else? Yeah. You know. Yeah, usually makes them uncomfortable. So yeah, <laughs> but that's gr- that's a growth um, opportunity, right? <laughs> it's time for you to grow and like. But it's funny. Have you had that uh, conversation about? Uh, like the the box of Basfika, different Basfika awards for like business and have I talked about it? Yeah, yeah. And oh, said oh, these and, views and, and, and had like a, I've said this to the Balangs anymore. Oh yeah. And, and <laughs> oh, this is an exclusive. <laughs> and I've and I've because those are the because I think you know the way you're looking at the way we're doing stuff, Basfika. These are the. It's funny, the LinkedIn guy again, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> The thing that I said at the top of the thing was because everybody was so positive about it. I was like, hey, man, I want to be the party pooper and call out the, how come you're not saying anything about the dangers, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And the thing that I see in our spaces is, you know, are we having the hard conversations? Are we having con- controversial conversations? Not to just troll and, um, and, and stir shit up, but like... Get ideas out there. Or just checking ourselves. Is this a good idea to have our... Have have a small table over here and just kind of out out of the main loop of you know like what does that say about the bar that they're setting us like you know that kind of like speaks to how I always thought like man I'm not the diversity hire so I'm gonna work and then show you and then I did show them that I can hang mm. with 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 their engineers kind of thing it's almost kind of and it's the same I, I would always rail against against this thing when the whole get more bus vehicles technology movement came out and a whole bunch of people were doing um they were doing like panels and stuff and. A lot of them would lead with um, you don't have to be technical to be in tech, and I was like, make that an option at the you know you know around the, the the tea and coffee afterwards. But how do you lead a move to tech? And now we're already going. Oh, you know, don't worry about the technical stuff. It might be you know it's almost like it might be too hard for you. You know, it's really complicated. <laughs> Are you good at math? Just shit like that. Fuck! I it pissed me off. Eh? It pissed me off to the point where I put on. That's why I put on my own talk mm. and invited everybody so that I could say basically kind of like the the spirit of this podcast so that i could actually say my views to an audience to go i come to tech to do the tech stuff yes you can be sales marketing and that that's cool they can have their own panels where they literally come to sales tech sales or tech marketing Mm. but we're talking about engineering building stuff right so don't dilute it and then i'm looking at our own people going why are you diluting it what's your agenda and then i have to them because like they weren't technical people and I was like, and this is the thing where, I, like, again, it goes to the, my intrinsic motivation isn't for me to be the man in, in, in tech. The whole reason of doing this thing is to get more into the tech that I see as being the value. If I wasn't a technical person, I wouldn't be up there trying to talk. Do you know what I mean? Because, and and the, the thing that I was seeing was, like, people who weren't technical, it's because they weren't technical, so they were trying, like, why don't you come this way? And I'm like, then where is the actual technical people like be an engineer, build apps, build infrastructure, build cloud, all that kind of stuff, you know? Not nowhere. Mm. And so we had to 
do that thing and that's why I have the network that I have and I started the the YouTube uh, live stream that I have is because we we do actual technical like like coding and building stuff in cloud and cybersecurity like hands on code and you see systems and stuff like that because mm. I'm like if you see this technical shit and you see uh, two island faces next to it I want that to be the norm mm. I want you to, if you see a, like a brown person at your work you could be like, oh that might be a software engineer and not think for a second not doubt it for a second kind of thing you know but you can't, you know, you need to keep putting it out there. Not move mm. the, what are we going to move the goalposts before we even started the game? Like, come on, man. Well, there's different levels. And you're on that high level. Yeah. And you need, that needs to go out there. So yeah, you can yeah. see, example. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, this guy that was speaking, mm. was, was he trying to get people to go into call center? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. like, and no shade on that, because I've, we, I remember when we were at Vodafone and most of the, like, obviously, a majority of the, the brown people were in the call centers. Mm. So I remember us and the, the few of us in corporate got a committee together and we were doing um, careers evenings that we put on to kind of like, and we'd invite them all along and try and help them transition to, to corporate. And just, yeah, I don't know. I just, you can only want so much for, for people without like trying to force them to change their lives, you know. It's just like, hey man, just put it out there and then just let it do it you know what I mean like those because if you get invested in it then you get like pissed off when they don't like you know do mm -hmm. the and then you go well of course that's why you end up there because too heavily invested man I ain't got you know the energy for for all mm. that <laughs> like, and it's, it's not even my full time job this is the thing I mean I'm like, yeah. yeah so nah man nah I think I love what you're doing here and yeah I was like literally talking to Rhea about like man like taking it to the because yeah Tony asked a really good question about um, growing, you know, growing the thing that you got here and making it your your full time. Because here's the thing: like for my live stream, I'm looking to figure that game out so that it gets sponsors and and stuff like that, you know. And I, you should be, dude, you should be there. Like you should already be, you know. That's that's how, how you've got all of the, especially because you've done it for so long. It would be hard for someone to, I was going to say, just catch up with the, like I guess the sheer volume that you guys have, that you guys have got, right? I don't know, man. You got it all. It's all. It's all here. <laughs> this, this is when I see. I'm like, man, it's it's all here. It's a matter of like. That's why I was like, what's your, you know, do you have a, a strategy around, um, like the people that you talk to? Do you have like a what do they call it? An editorial? They call it an editorial schedule where you like plan, okay, for. January, February, these are going to be my speakers so that, I don't know, you can get out ahead of, like, advertising or sponsors and stuff like this. Hey, we're getting um, Tony Laulu on for, you know, blah, blah, and dude, that'll be a cool game to figure out, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm ready to figure it out, but I've I've done I've done some groundwork, I've done a bit of background stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you after this. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, man, three hours 40. That's man. It. Jesus. It's <laughs> uh, a long one. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find you if they want to learn more about tech and get into? Oh man, um, if you're on LinkedIn, um, look me up on LinkedIn. Otherwise, ronamosa.io is a good place to start. That's my uh, website, and then from there, you can hit the link trees and uh, the instas and all that's on there. But yeah, ronamosa.io. And uh, yeah, hit me up and come join my network and be a geek, make some money and ge real generational wealth. You know? <laughs>
leave those NFTs alone. Nice, brother. Nice, also. Yeah. Thank you. My man. <laughs> <laughs>